0: Hey, it's Steve from On the Spectrum Podcast. Today's guest is Australian comedian, personality, and voice actor Ben Sorensen. In this episode, we delve into late diagnosis, politics, socialism, comedy, drop bears, and autism down under. Plus, Steve pitches Australian Star Wars, and Nick discovers why a big red would fuck him up. This conversation was a ton of fun. You're not going to want to miss it. Welcome
1: to another episode of On the Spectrum Podcast. As I always do at the beginning of every episode, me and Steve do not presume to be experts of anything whatsoever. We're just two human beings who happen to be on the spectrum, and we're going to talk about some stuff. So you might hear some things you like. You might hear some things you don't. You might hear something controversial. You might find something offensive. But no matter what, please enjoy the episode and leave us a comment. If you'd like to come on and talk to us, do that too. But we have a special guest today, and his name is Ben Sorensen. And he... Is from Australia. Hi, Ben.
2: G'day. And um, I think special guest. I mean, that's nice. That's better than saying disabled. That is a true statement. That is a true statement. Yeah, we well,
1: you yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. no, no, have to be a special guest. Yeah, because I guess I'm just saying we're all, all neuro spicy. So. That's true. That's true um and actually i i should ask you up front because i usually ask people um how do you prefer to talk about it uh neurodivergency spicy asperger syndrome high function level one uh high support low support which one of those do you prefer
2: uh look they all sound like um neurologically typical names for shit they don't understand right that's a very valid point actually uh so, so um <laughs> So I I yeah, look it's really funny when we go through the terms like mm-hmm. I am uh I don't mind what term they use if it's in a funding meeting and I'm getting uh monetary support for whatever I need so you yeah. can call me whatever you want there that's fine but o- outside of that I find the term uh high functioning mm-hmm. um Really interesting and because obviously there's high functioning and low functioning as well, Mm -hmm. which was meant to be a politer way of saying, um, you know, who has a better opportunity to mask and integrate than others. Right. And I find when we talk about autism, I think one of the really big things is a lot of it's based on um, external factors so you are judged and assessed based on how convenient it is for the rest of the world right. not what happens on the inside right so it's a long long way round but i like i like um neurodiverse neuro spicy mm-hmm. spicy brain um uh, uh aspie. okay Good. All of those things are fine with me. I'm not I'm not a princess. Plus <laughs> exactly. I also understand that right. there may be a bit of a language barrier between us. A little <clears throat> bit. Because
0: <clears throat>
2: because when it comes to English, mm-hmm. uh we are both on different ends of the same spectrum as well. Yes, very much so. Because we yes. got Mer- we got American and then we got Australian, which is like not English. <laughs>
1: All right. Awesome. I I just always like to ask because I I would prefer to try to talk about things in the way the person, you know, identifies, if you will, or at least their preferred language.
0: Yeah, totally. So uh, why don't don't you uh, just briefly tell us a little bit about yourself? We know about, but, you know, people listening might not over here might not have heard of you before. Um, What? (laughs) No, everyone's heard of you. Um, Everyone.
2: (laughs) Well, get yeah, everyone. Yeah. That's why I'm in a futuristic city. That's yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> still got really shit green screen cutout <laughs> ability. Because, of course, in the in the future, that's one of their priorities.
0: Well, that's how they're going to make you into a force um, ghost when they do the Australian. Exactly. Star Wars. The Australian force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this,
2: I guarantee you the Australian force is drunk.
0: <laughs> uh, they have a, a force. They have a of, a mm. buoy knife that turns into a lightsaber. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's not a knife. This is a knife. All right.
1: It did not take us long to work that into the podcast. It did uh, not take
0: us long to do that. Sorry,
2: I brought it up. Yeah, No, it didn't really. It didn't. No, I love it. Don't be sorry.
0: We were talking about uh, actually.
2: It's it's funny. Um, So Paul Paul Hogan is the guy that did that from um, Crocodile Dundee, and he used to own uh, one of the coolest pubs in Australia. Oh, really? So there's there's a place called Byron Bay, which is really um, a really interesting societal mix. So it's one of the very few places in Australia it's a very bohemian hippie sort of town that's got a mix of homeless people that smoke way too much weed and mega mega wealthy oh my god wellness gurus <laughs> so um so you walk through town and you've got uh like a, a grungy Grubby juice shop that does, you know, $8 juices that are really great, right next to a place that does like $16 lattes. You know, it's, it's really, really unusual. And the grocery store in town isn't, is over normal hours. And they decided this is, this is unique. No other grocery store in Australia does this. It has a, um, a brownie bar, so it is basically a little window. All they sell is brownies, <laughs> and it's open twenty four seven in this town. So when you get the munchies, that's where you go. So that's
0: anyway, awesome.
2: Paul Hogan bought a giant pub mm-hmm. in this town, and it, it's it's it was, it was great. It's on there on the edge there, overlooking the beach. You can see the ocean and heaps of rooms. Really wonderful um the unique thing about it is in Byron Bay that beach is a nude beach so you can act you can go down there you can grab or clothing optional they call it which is nude beach yeah. um you get your pint of beer you can sit there you can have some chippies and you know watch the seagulls and naked people and um all sorts of stuff it's it's very unique and very, very Australian of Paul Hagen to go. no, nah, I'm going to put a fucking pub there.
1: It's <laughs> awesome. awesome.
0: Is there enough sand on that beach to turn it into Tatooine? <laughs> to, uh, we make one Star Wars
1: joke before the podcast and now he's stuck. It happens. <laughs> it's all good. Now we're stuck. All right.
2: Um, yes. Ooh, there is. So
1: plenty I of have a sand. question for you. Uh, guaranteed yeah, right. there is. so my question, uh, actually I got a ton about Australia, but I'm going to like bypass that altogether. Uh, my first question is, uh, were you, when were you diagnosed
2: with, uh, look, autism? I've always, I've always been, I've always been different, mm-hmm. but I was formally diagnosed I think, with autism, maybe about, uh, I think it was about 10 or 15 years ago, but I've also oh. found out I've got ADHD as well. Okay. Um, which includes time blindness. So asking me time questions, not always not always as accurate as I'd like it to be. Right. Uh, but uh, when I was diagnosed with, uh, this is how fast medicine moves. Um, when, uh, when I was diagnosed with autism, they went, "Nope, that's it. Stop looking. Nah, that's all you got. Good luck. Bye." Can't fix it. I said, "I don't want it fixed. I'd rather fix the rest of the world than fix my brain." Right. Uh and then I went, Oh, maybe there's something else happening. And they went, No, it's impossible. It doesn't happen. And then a couple of bits of research came out that said yeah. that forty percent of autistic people have got like ADHD or something else. And I went, Oh, yeah, you know the thing yeah. you were talking about? Yeah, maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a thing. Right. Uh yeah, so I got diagnosed uh with that as well. And there are actually pills for that, which is uh quite handy. It's more about um reducing background noise right to sort of aid in mental focus Mm -hmm. um so that's useful it's not about curing it's just about managing right and that's a that's a a functional improvement so i'm kind of okay with that pills don't work for everyone but i think the thing with autism and adhd is just finding out finding how does my brain work and how can i engineer my life to work with it
0: right how do we figure out how to work with what's going on, opposed to trying to stop it, it's, it's interesting yeah, there's an totally. overlap between um, like ADHD and autism. Uh, where a lot of people think that people with ADHD can't focus, but they can, it's usually that they, they there's specific things that they hyper focus on. But people who are autistic also tend to hyper fixate, hyper focus on certain right. things. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: it's at the Venn diagram, there's a lot of oh, overlap, middle yeah. bits.
0: Yeah, uh, same thing
1: with uh, bipolar as well. Because so I got diagnosed with bipolar about 10 years ago or so first. Oh, yeah. And they were like, no, no, no this explains everything about you.
2: No, 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 you're good. Yeah. And I was Actually, like, do you know what?
1: Oh.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. I was, um, I was dating a girl a little while back, and she said mm-hmm. she was bi, and I got really excited. I thought <laughs> she meant sexual, but she meant polar. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So that that was great. Um, But yeah, so like I didn't even myself start to question anything else, right? Like, yeah, you know, because you got ah,
2: that's it. Yeah. Stop looking.
1: And then I start, you know, thinking back on my life and I start piecing bipolar into that. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This moment was just manic. No, no, no. This moment was just depression. Not really thinking about the like I was overstimulated. And then when I finally got diagnosed, I started to for autism. I started to piece both together.
2: So there's two really interesting thoughts that come into that. Yeah. And you go, um, when you lose something and you find it, you go, oh, my God, it's always in the last place I look. Yeah, because that's kind of where you find it and you stop looking after that. Right. And right. We, we have that very linear thought of going problem, solution, as opposed to the matrix concept of going, okay, well, yeah, that's better, but is it the best for us? Is there... You know have we reached the point of diminishing return? Mm-hmm. have we have we done all of that? And I go, I think that's a really interesting you know concept um, when we're when we're looking for things. And ultimately, uh, I had a psychiatrist in Australia uh, lose his shit at me for asking for an ADHD diagnosis. And he said, oh, it's just because it's hip and cool and I'm sick of doing it. And I went, dude, that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. Yeah, it's a very Uh, Considering I'm paying you to to do this. And I said, let me rephrase it. And I think this is the important part. A lot of people will go in and go try to self-diagnose, which is totally cool Mm -hmm. because healthcare is either expensive or broken or both in right. most countries. Right. So, um, and I think when you bring capitalism into medicine, it doesn't work as well. Agreed. Agreed. You know, so we have a lot of doctors out there that are just trying to fill their books with easy solutions and quick fixes rather than actual healthcare because it's uh, financially incentivized for them to, um, and there's enough people out there to do less work and get more money.
0: There's another problem around our area is for somebody, uh, like myself or like Nick, there's nobody there. There's very few people who actually can diagnose people with autism. There's, um, there's very few doctors in this area that can actually diagnose, especially adults. Um, so if you Mm. find out when you're 30 years old, that you're autistic, to get an official Stop diagnosis holiday to Australia. Is, is difficult.
1: Mm. Well, I, actually, I was about to say. I mean, we live relatively close to a major city, so like, there's very few. But I can only imagine there's parts of Australia where it's a hundred miles to get to the closest yeah. person to get
2: diagnosed. So, thankfully, uh, we uh, our our healthcare is not anywhere near as expensive as yours. Guaranteed. Uh, we've got we've got Medicare, which is kind of uh, like Obamacare on crack, in a good way, and yeah, good crack, not bad. Oh, crack. good, good crack. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we use the quality Drano, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a uh, where you get there's there's a lot of free options. Okay, so uh, we also have something here that came about during the pandemic uh, called telehealth, where uh, a doctor will call you. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can do a consultation via phone or Zoom. Um, So we have a lot of that happening. And um, the psychiatrist that I saw, so I saw a ADHD specialist doctor, GP first, because they do a lot of the testing to take the workload off the uh, hyper-privileged psychiatrists, Um, even though that's something they should be, anyway, doesn't matter. And then I did a box ticking Zoom call with the psychiatrist at the same price as a face to face, and um, that's how that's how it kind of played out. Yeah. So, you know, and I and I think that's a more of an administrative bottleneck than anything else, because I think the people that are making the rules for the health system aren't healthcare professionals, possibly. I would have to agree to
1: that even for in this country.
2: I would have to agree. Yeah. Uh, and the, yeah, look, the other thing that blows my mind is access to healthcare as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a lot of research out there that talks about um, having like what they call a one payer system, which is the government pays for everything. And we talk about the savings as a society from that. And people getting diagnosed super early with things, so it's cheaper for the state, yeah. and we spend less resources on healthcare. However, if it's a capitalist system, you don't want people to get diagnosed early. You want it later when it's more expensive, right? So they need more stuff, right? You know, um, like I was watching and thinking, how much are like aspirin inhaler puffer things? In your in your oh, world,
1: Um, I have no idea. I don't know. Asthma uh, Taylor,
0: uh, Steve? Do you know? Anyone? I had one once, but it, I don't think it really cost me anything. But oh, it was yeah. covered, covered so, in my insurance. So because I served ah, in the insurance. army,
2: uh, because I serve in the army, I get insurance, everything oh, covered that, for me. That is that is so amazing. I'm pleased they look after you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, uh, I, at least me. There's a lot of veterans who are not
1: being taken care of very well as well. Yeah, I just happen to cement. get lucky in that
2: yeah is it because you want? Uh, no, not exactly.
1: no, it like so a lot of veterans are homeless. There's a lot of veterans who who don't know that there's resources out there for them or they automatically assume right. that they don't qualify for anything like upfront. Right. And so they kind of get into those situations because, like, if somebody, you know, has uh, PTSD and they get into drugs and, you know, they end up homeless, they start. don't have access yeah. to get into a VA as much. So they're not really even sure what they can have. Uh, yeah, that's and, really
2: that's really sad. Yeah, um,
1: absolutely. Because these people were more than willing to step up and, well, sacrifice their life.
0: And, I don't, I don't yeah. have the, the numbers in front of me, but I know that it's it's a large percentage of homeless people in the U.S. are veterans. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, and it's it's even worse that there is data on it, there is research, and they're like, "Sounds like a cost saving to me." Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, yeah. I mean, it's that's 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 super sad. It is Um, absolutely. And I think there are so many wonderful things about America, but equally there are some very challenging concepts that are mainstream as well. So, oh, very um, much so. I mean, any.
1: I mean, we have three hundred and seventy million people of huge varying differences to them uh and that in itself creates its own issues let alone all of the political ideas and all the how do we take care of people ideas add all that together it's amazing that we get through one day
2: yeah yeah and i like like australia's a multicultural country Mm -hmm. we've had our own challenges and i i maybe it's just my autistic mind going that provides such an amazing richness of opinions, thoughts, skills, resources. So theoretically we should be bigger, better than anybody else. And, you know, the U S is the same. You've got a highly multicultural um, population as well. And I think that's, you know, that should be celebrated and embraced. Oh, absolutely. Yep. But I feel like there is a percentage. Um, uh, this is only what we see in the news. A uh, percentage that are very, very uh, narrow-minded with their inclusion of others. Absolutely, I, I like the way you worded that
1: because it was very carefully worded. But also, you're absolutely right, and it's and it seems to be like the vast majority of us are sit in the middle, and we're not very vocal. But it's mm. the extremism's on both sides that are the loudest voices and both are some level of exclusiveness to their mm. groups or how to help
0: people. So the loud minorities. Yes. The yes. Loud vocal minorities and, yes. and a political spectrum you have. Yeah. Yeah. Which
2: yeah is and I, and I, I feel like that's uh that's, that's what we see in the news. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be with <coughs> all the crazy law makers are listening to pretty much. I mean, so well, I maybe a, that only refers to two states. Um, that too. Uh,
1: but uh, I had a, um, I had an American government professor when I was in college four or five years ago who actually said it this way, that your politicians, the ones that go to Washington, not your state representatives, but the the actual Congress that's in Washington, they don't actually know much of what happens in each state because they have to spend so much time there. And so the Mm. only way they know that there's an issue in the state that they need to discuss or try to promote awareness of or try to get a bill passed about is when lobbyists show up. Mm. And so he pointed out that the reason why he got out of, you know, working with senators and congressmen was because all he saw all day long was lobbyists who show up to talk about something but the vast majority of everybody else didn't show up because for one, they didn't have the money to do it. And also when you're only hearing the paid voices, my professor pointed out that no matter who you are, you get influenced in a direction. Yeah, absolutely. My professor said he wasn't, you know, being lobbied to nobody was offering him anything, not even to take him out to lunch, but just sitting in on those meetings, he felt like, Oh my God, there's a huge issue. We got to go handle this thing over here. And really, sometimes it wasn't even issues. There was something more important to deal it was with. Just
2: a vested interest,
1: right? It was because they happened to hear four or five people talk about it, and nobody else.
0: I think. Yeah, um, wow. We also try to sometimes solve too many things on a large scale. Mm-hmm. When, like, when Nick's talking about, and you were talking about how um, diverse our country is, and state to state, city to city, things can be vastly different. So, what yeah. works in one area of the country might not work in other areas of the country. And I think everyone always fixates on like what the federal government can do on like the large scale, but not everything needs to be solved on the larger scale. A lot of things can be solved on a local, like what are you doing in your local community? What are you doing right. in the town you live in? Um, Sorry, what's that say word you use? Community. Co- co- community. Oh, that's yeah. an interesting concept. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing to help the people around you rather yeah. than just focusing yeah. on the federal yeah, the, the big picture? Yeah. Yeah. Because so people used to live in
2: these communities, did they? Yeah, and they the used to like leadership. help each other and stuff. Yeah, uh, it's what I'm told. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I know, right? Who would have thought
1: we can still yeah, so see we... representations of them at natural history museums? <laughs> you know, when they make their little display case.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, f- I'm, f- I'm familiar with museums, mm. uh, except uh, ours are because we're, uh, we're, we've got a, a British base. Everything in our museums is stolen.
0: Yeah. That checks out. <laughs> yeah. That
2: checks out. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. And, you know, we yeah, that's how it works. And we still charge people to see it.
0: Oh, absolutely. I've seen jokes where they talk about how like the museums in in Britain, it's all just there's nothing British in it. It's all stuff from all the places they colonize everywhere that they went.
2: Oh, shit we stole. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Um uh Mark, Mark Furnell is a um is an Australian um journalist he's actually genuinely amazing at what he does uh and he's got an entire tv series that's done well called stuff the british stole
0: <laughs> i love the name of that
2: <laughs> but yeah. check it
0: out, i wonder and, if i can if i can get that over here um i
2: i seriously hope so because it's um uh it's some some really great watching to go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we stole that. And we stole that. But then even watching shows like Antiques Roadshow, mm-hmm. it's so ingrained in their culture. They say, and how did you acquire that? Oh, yes, I found it <laughs> in someone else's house. Yep. And I now have it. Uh-huh. Okay. So now we're just valuing shit that people stole right. from a relative or... um it was no no it was given to me by my great uh my great grandfather
0: who stole it in the war i think uh, the germans <laughs> acquired a lot of art in the 1940s they just found oh, oh yep. yes
2: yeah was that a uh, an administrative error <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome so so uh ben you are a comedian
2: Uh, Yes, I am. And look, I I should have had me Dexies before this because uh, we have had such a tangential conversation. It's just gone in every direction, but I'm loving it. So good. I mean,
1: it's kind of what we're good at. It's kind of making conversation go
0: everywhere. Well, for for us, this feels natural. (laughs) But if there's uh, some NTs listening, they might. They might be like,
1: get back on the point, guys. You're supposed to be talking about autism all right we hear you nt people oh i've, I've heard that questions
0: from friends of mine who have listened to are not autistic they yeah. actually enjoyed when we kind of right. go off a little bit so
1: yeah i mean yeah, good
0: good we've, we've when we say a little bit we mean a lot, oh, a lot. when we say yeah. a lot we mean totally yeah yes. Yes.
2: completely off the
1: rails they want to yeah. hear
0: more about australian star wars
1: yeah that's <laughs> it. still you're on star wars
2: all right so ben you are you are a comedian you're a stand-up correct uh, look, so it's it's really interesting. So um a lot of people ask that, and I do little bits of stand-up, but that's not uh and I, I think comedy comedy these days has evolved to have many different facets. So we've yes. got comedy writers, we've got stand-ups, uh, and then we've also got uh people like me. So I, I'm I'm uh are they call uh, I I'm the witty master of banter over here. Okay and Basically, I'm just very good at crowd work. Oh, good! Uh, so I spend most of my days doing crowd work and emceeing events and turning up on red carpets and stuff and, tr- and other coloured carpets too. Trivia, you're yeah. you're your trivia. Yeah. Look, I, do you know what? Um, I hated trivia for a long time, and uh, then I sort of now do it as a something that I really enjoy and I've embraced it for my autistic brain because the questions each week are just the questions that my brain organically asks. Nice. So I'm finding the answers anyway. So I might as well make a trivia question out of it. I actually host trivia
0: every week too. Uh, I host trivia twice a week. Um, But the questions I have, they give me – the company I work with actually gives me questions, but they'll give me like let's say 30 questions and I pick – like 18 of them. So I have a list of questions. So I'm not making it myself. But it's interesting that you actually come up with your own questions. Mm-hmm. But I, I, do, I, I joke I'm, around a lot with the with the audience when I do it. So I got, yeah. kind of enjoy the banter and you know, I make fun yeah, of the I audience. Like that too. I usually like if yeah. everybody gets a question wrong, I'll tell them they're all stupid. Things like that. You know, I just but people like when you yeah. insult them. That's yeah. what I found. Of course. They, the audience likes when you make fun of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I t- I bring a little bag of peanuts. <laughs> so
2: when they get it wrong or they get it right, I can just throw a peanut at them. There you go. There you go. Hopefully they have a yeah.
0: nut allergy. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: That'd be fun. they make a great. If you have
0: talk. a nut allergy, but a peanut's not a nut, it's a legume. Yeah, well. So yeah. How, why, how is it well, a nut allergy? Plus, plus mm. peanuts, a, pe- a nut allergy
2: is a really, really specifically white person thing. Yes. Yeah. So. um, And
0: that that's why yeah. uh, it was a black guy who invented peanut butter. He was hoping to uh, <laughs> thin us out a little bit. There you go. Oh, there you go hidden agenda.
2: There we go. I love Uh, that. That's just, just like buying your boss McDonald's every day. Yep. There you go. Uh,
1: so so, the long, the long game there. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, so me and Steve are actually also in an improv group, uh, that we do. And so I was actually really kind of excited to have you on because you do comedy. Uh, and I thought we could all chat about it. Uh, but my specific question is, uh,
2: what drew you to comedy?
1: I know that's a pretty uh, bland basic question. No, no, ben. no. No.
2: I just I woke up one morning and I realized mm-hmm. that I was absolutely soul destroyed and broken enough that I could actually now professionally do comedy.
0: Nice. I think nice. you have to you have to experience some level of trauma
1: to you be got, a comedian. You gotta have issues. I mean, straight up, you gotta have issues to do comedy well.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah, and I and I think it's that uh I think it's not so much the issues themselves, right? That just provides you with content, but I think the having, uh, having that depth of understanding of the human condition is what provides you with the insights to make those mental links,
0: yeah, sure.
2: to create great comedy. And I think being uh, autistic or you know, neuro-spicy, whatever we call ourselves, the neurodiverse brain mm-hmm. seems to make those connections really well.
0: I was going to say the same thing. I feel like a lot of times I make connections that other people wouldn't necessarily make, and I make them quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to, yep. like, I connect, you know, point A to point D over here just very quickly in yeah. my brain, which is why we, you know we do improv and one of our oh, favorite yeah. things to do. We we love doing line games, which is easier improv because you're yeah. just telling a one liner, but. We're able to oh, make connections. that sort of line game. I thought you were talking like... No, no. no. Uh, no. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. not the Charlie Sheen. No. Uh, yeah, not the Charlie Sheen.
1: Yeah, the other one. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not comedians from the eighties. Yeah, it's a form- <laughs> right. formula. So, have you have you done any improv before yourself? Right. Uh, look, I have, and I
2: actually uh, improv and um, the British version, the theatre sports. Um, and they're they're just beautiful, fun games, and I and I love the. I don't know. I almost feel like there's less pressure with improv and sort of theatre sports than there is with, you know, a stand up routine or anything like that.
0: I think they're expecting you to be more polished because if you if you're going and doing stand up, they, um. I think the audience is more forgiving if you're doing improv because they know you're gonna you're making everything up on the spot. You're right. gonna you're gonna make mistakes. And improv typically when, when you see an improv show, like let's say half of it is really good and the other half may be kind of meh. But it's right. cause you you find moments. Yeah, I yeah. think
1: there's more forgiveness to it. I think yeah. you're right. Um but I mean, anytime I've watched a sketch show, right? Like a sketch comedy show. Like, I'm always like, oh, is that good? You know, you always get on the the point of judgment to it, if you will, because they polished it and they worked it and they rehearsed it. And you're like, oh, this better be good. But anytime I go to an improv show, I go to the audience and I'm like, okay, let's find out what happens. Yeah, expectations you know? are lower. Yeah. yeah.
2: But I also, th- I also think that's really interesting because we now live in a world of um, hyper-polished Netflix specials. Yeah. yeah. Or... Panel shows that are three hours and edited down to 24 minutes. Right. You know, and we, that changes our expectations. And oh, I think true. there is a, there is an inherent joy in watching things that are growing and evolving in front of you, watching right. the process live and going, Oh, uh, that, that wasn't funny, but it was clever. Mm. Or it wasn't funny, but I understand how they got
0: there and it grew into something funny. Right. Well, even Whose Line Is It Anyway, they record, um, you know, a few hours and you only see 30 minutes. They take the best mm. 20, 30 minutes of the show right. and everything else you don't see. Yeah. Yeah. So you're well, not like that's not what a real improv show is like. Yeah. When you go to an improv show, there's hits and there's misses because right. people are, you know, they're playing, they're exploring, they're. To well, tell story. I, I think
1: Ben kind of nailed it on the head with that because even if the joke isn't good, they're at least right there with you like, oh, okay, I see where you're going with that. Let's continue to see where you're going. I made the connection. I don't like the joke, but I see what you're doing there. Where are we going with this? And I yeah. agree. When I watch, when I go to an audit, when I'm an audience member of a stand-up, like I'm just following along the jokes, right? And if the joke doesn't mm-hmm. hit, I'm like, eh, you should probably rethink that. But anytime again, watching improv, it's always like, all right, you guys are trying. You're at least giving me some energy. This is awesome. You're still moving. You're still rolling. You're still, thank you, thank you for throwing it out there at me, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a lot more lenient or or a lot more forgiveness
2: to that. Yeah, yeah, and I I think it's definitely, definitely a skill. And oh, I yeah. think it's a skill that... um Neurodiverse people tend to have a little easier than neurologically typical people, uh, simply because of the way that our brains are wired. Right. Um, but so you, I find I, I still find it really fascinating. So
1: you think uh, comedy or improv is might be a little bit easier for folks who are on the spectrum?
2: Uh, look, I think definitely definitely improv, um, okay. because when when we look at decision making speed uh-huh. and ability to assess, um uh different criteria and crunch it into a meaningful answer we are super fast right for for a
1: lot of things absolutely um and the other reason why was, the only reason why i was thinking about that is because like those of us who man i gotta go through the litany of fucking terms no fucking i'm just gonna use the one he's cool with for people who are aspie like uh i was originally diagnosed that and like, for those of us who are Aspie, one of the criteria at one point was that we had above average intelligence. And I think that kind of works for those of us who are Aspie really well to do improv yeah. because we've got that speed of thought, because we've got a little bit more dynamic of being able to make those decisions, if you will. Yeah. I don't know if that's hundred percent true. I've just always known that like me and him, in my opinion, my humble little opinion, me and him are great at doing improv. Because we can constantly move, right? We can be more aware yeah. in the moment and just roll
2: with it easier. I find the decision, I find that that ability in improv is really helpful. Yeah. In doing live shows that I do um, all the time, really, really helpful to, because if things on stage change right? or there's changes, it's not an issue. We just roll with it. Right.
0: Well, a lot kind of, 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 even hosting trivia, if you host trivia, yeah. you know, I joke around with the audience, but I'm not right. planning material. I don't plan jokes. I just come yeah. up with jokes. I'll tell a question. And if I think of a funny joke related to the question, mm-hmm. I'll make, I make up jokes on the spot all the time. I just come up with a joke with a punchline based on the question I just asked.
1: Well, yeah, I will say though, that there are a lot of folks uh, on the spectrum who would find that overwhelming because they don't do so well with change at times. Um, so,
2: but I think for the three of us, you know what to in my in my personal life yes we're going to dinner that place is closed we're finding someone else no i'm out i'm <gasps> ah. out <laughs> okay now i'm i'm similar to you ben Con, yeah context it's contextual yeah very so much so if I, if i've got if i'm in my work pigeon hole my work brain uh-huh i'm like right game on yeah i understand the rules but then i'm outside of that i'm like fuck no i just want to sit on the couch mm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, you want me to go in your people? I'm good. Hey, Nick, we've got an improv show you need to host. I'm right there. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, because I host the majority of our shows. And like, no matter how over I am before the show, no matter what level of overwhelm I'm having right before the show, you tell me it's time for the show, I put
2: on that worker face and I get out there and I work. Totally. And it's a it's a wonderful one. For some reason, your brain just goes, hmm. Yeah. Focus. Yeah, and you got that hallway, and you know full well you're just going down that path. Yeah, and every everything else melts away, even and, stuff that probably shouldn't. Uh, but yes, actually.
1: I mean, um, I would describe myself as high masking, and I know Steve is high masking mm. as well. I'm assuming you fit into that category. Uh, totally. Well.
0: You're not autistic. What
1: are you talking uh, about? Oh God, how many you know times have I look autistic?
2: Yeah. Give me a window, I'll lick it. Let me yeah. show you. <laughs>
1: Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I've actually recently been trying to figure out how to unmask some more than I have because masking actually only oh. came to me over the last couple of years to figure it out, but I still want to keep that skill set, right? I still want the skill of to be able to mask when but I need I wanna,
2: to. I, I want to unmask because it's less energy. It is less. And it enables me to recoup outside of work faster yes. and better. But here's the thing: my, yep. here's my favorite line. Autism doesn't cause trauma, but every autistic person has trauma. Right. So one of the things I've, and I talk about this a little bit in relation to masking, Mm -hmm. because I'm very good at masking. It just burns the candle at both ends. Yes. Um, Is I think uh, when uh, when a, a, a neurotypical friend or a friend group say oh but you don't have to mask around me they do not know what they ask
0: no not Uh, at all and then they get they'll say that but then they get mad when you actually do it yep and they go like what are you the fuck is this yeah even like seriously
1: even my partner and which we've known for many years yeah uh, i've been with her for six years and now she's like no it's completely fine just unmask Mm, no i'll unmask some but i'm not going all the way yeah
0: I mean, I've seen um, him unmask and he, he looks like uh, he looks like Johnny Depp's brother in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, yeah. Wow.
1: You All right.
0: Way to, way to make that 90s reference there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's pretty nice. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, but she she's been trying to encourage me to completely <laughs> unmask at home. But we also have two kids and like I need to keep some level of like, I don't want to say normalcy, but some level of what they're used to out of me. Yeah, and, and like my time to completely unmask and just let myself go emotionally is when I go to my roasting shed and I'm roasting coffee.
2: Like that's my time. and that's your that's your special area of yeah. interest, and that's you, and you can do whatever you want. So I find that um, over time, I've been, so my masking thing. I autism didn't have a name in Country Queensland. Mm-hmm. We didn't know. What it was, or certainly anyone in my world didn't know what it was, including me. so my uh, basically what I did was I worked out what my deficiencies yep. deficiencies were and made them my special area of interest. So that brought me up, I was hoping would bring me up to normal whatever that is. Yeah, whatever that ends up looking like. Yeah, and then I ended up not being able to stop and hence fell into entertainment and hosting and doing shows and shit like that. So um, masking was a really, really big, big thing. Mm. Um, And I think something else that I learned to do, I don't know if I learned to do it or uh, was painfully forced to, but either way, it happened, was altering... And I think I think autistic people generally have a really uh, um, niche ability to do this: is suppressing tics, yes, uh, and suppressing things, including emotions, and then letting them out at a totally unrelated time. Mm -hmm. So you can get through whatever that experience is, and then you'll go, "I am just gonna tick the fuck out at home," and Mm -hmm. that's when whatever your current tick is will come out oh
1: yeah well I, I I agree with that completely like a lot of people have tendency to kind of stuff away how they feel and stuff like that but I think for us we got to get it out somehow like like when we yep. go home we're still going to finish that conversation that pissed us off three and a half days ago but we're still gonna go home and we're still gonna have that conversation you're not there
2: and but we've got to get it out that need to info dump I yes. need to complete the thought and yeah. express it. Then it's gone and I can forget it.
0: I've I've actually found myself doing something recently to avoid some of that. Uh If I say something on social media, it starts getting a lot of responses that are not positive. I'll delete it. And I never Hmm. used to do that, but I started doing that because I didn't want to invest the emotional energy into responding to people. Nice. Um, Uh For instance, somebody was posting the other day. they They were basically saying they were happy. The guy from the 700 Club who died. Sure. I don't know. He was a religious guy, you know, not very kind to the LGBTQ community. You oh, know. Uh, uh, Pat. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Patterson, whatever. That yeah. Guy. So he died and um, they are basically celebrating his death. And I was like, it doesn't matter how much I dislike somebody or hate somebody. Right. I'm not going to celebrate their death just because I feel like it's I don't know, It doesn't feel Ooh. good to me. So yeah. I basically said that. But then people started hyping on and saying, you know, they felt the need yeah. to respond. To what I said, and I'm like, I, I don't want to invest any energy in this. Right. I'm just going to delete the comment. Yeah. So, you know what? Some of
2: my best work mm-hmm. is in my deleted folder.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so when I die, I did justify I get into that. <laughs> <I did> justify <laughs> right.
0: the fact that I didn't want to celebrate <laughs> someone's death.
2: Okay. Right. Yeah. Look, I, and I understand that, and I think something the internet has provided us with is. The ability to discuss nuance,
0: but uh, clearly ignoring all nuance. Right. Yes. Which is really funny. I pointed this out to Nick in one of our episodes is that um, autistic people are often accused of having like all or nothing or black and white thinking where we're kind of like we, you know, we only get we see one thing and one thing here and there's no gray area. Um, But But the Internet. has. That's why I watched Fifty Shades of Grey, the documentary. That's right. But the internet has made everyone act like us in a way. Oh yeah. Because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you have uh, uh these echo chambers where people, you know, they have their their camp- Al- algorithmic echo chambers. Yes. Right. And they and they, they 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 have this black or white thinking. And it's funny, it's like because that's how autistic people often act. Mm-hmm. But you have however. Every- however,
2: imagine having black or white thinking, but no data behind it. Right. A lot and of people end up that way. And I think that's the problem. Oh, yeah. I had a con conver- I had a conversation with someone online. I can't even remember what it was about. It's about feelings. And <laughs> the the conversation was, what? So you go through life making decision on facts and information. And yes. I'm like, yes. So you don't just decide stuff. And I no. Oh, I've had
1: that conversation so often. I've had that conversation so often,
2: and I'm like, "How do you live?" Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, And I went, and I think the and a part of that I also think is sporting culture as well, Um, because how do you you just go? Oh, I'm going to arbitrarily pick a sports ball team to follow, right? And then culturally, it's appropriate for me to. Just support them no matter what. And then what happens is sports ball can be replaced with political party, mm-hmm. can be replaced with whatever. And suddenly our generalizing monkey brains have got a thought process and a decision making process that makes absolutely no fucking sense at all. Right. And then we get but lost we've done a lot generally. of practice at it. Oh, yeah, I course. hate
0: how people are so, will so easily just make assumptions about people they don't know or generalize about people they don't know based on one tiny piece of information, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to anything political. It, I they, they assume you have a certain political affiliation or if they think you have a certain political affiliation, or even if you do, they assume they know everything about you. I know yeah. everything I need to know based on this one little piece of information. When you really don't, you don't know anything about that person. No, human beings are far
1: more complex than any one sentence any one of us will ever say, but it's much easier for people to assume they know everything else behind what you just said. Yeah. It's just
2: easier for them. Drives me nuts. And I'm sure, like, I'm sure there's Republicans that are pro-abortion. Yeah, probably. As there are Democrats that are anti. Yes. You know? So, I think, uh, I think because politics spans such a wide range of of topics, I, I don't feel it's. Uh, and of course, a lot of those are really, really fundamental and really important. But I find it challenging to go for anyone that stands up and says, "Yes, I am a hundred percent blue, red, yellow, purple, right. whatever." Yeah. Then uh, you're in because that. I feel like it's so much more nuanced than that. It would be more accurate for them to say i am a i identify with the red team more however i am against xyz and i think they I, should change that
0: i like the term yes. ideological possession ideological oh. possession yeah so when you're completely consumed by an ideology if you like,
2: pass the foul line
0: <laughs> yes <that's> right <coughs> um because i think people they they fall into whatever it is whatever they get into so if you mm-hmm. you know you, you go into this right-wing rabbit hole and you get obsessed with right-wing politics and you become a, uh you agree with the ideology to a point where you're not even thinking about anything right. you just automatically agree with whatever the ideology is what well, you think sounds, sounds like, like religion really well right, not, yeah. oh, i was just about to say that ben i was just
1: about to say that sounds like a religious <laughs> you, you could
0: be somebody who leans left and maybe you're more oh. of a socialist but it doesn't mean that you have to agree with like so, a socialist policy on everything. Maybe some things don't yeah. work in a socialist way. Maybe certain things would be better. Not. But and look, I and I think I think you're right. So when we look at late stage capitalism,
2: quite sure that doesn't work. When we look at uh, communism, quite sure that doesn't work. When we look at extreme socialism, quite sure that doesn't work. However, each one of those three have some really interesting points that do work. Like, I really enjoy public libraries. but That's pretty much a socialist concept. Taxation. Socialist concept. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm totally okay with both of them. Um, I also uh, love the idea that nobody should be poor, but everyone has the opportunity of being rich. So, you know, If we pick and choose out of all of those things, we could actually come up with a really decent common sense society where, you know, I don't consider myself extreme left, but compared to a lot of people, I I seem to be. I just don't hate people I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that the entire world is not built just for me and what I like which you is know, a good fundamental understanding right
1: there. The world was not built for what I like.
2: Yeah. And look, and partly, I don't know if that came came about simply because I'm neurodiverse and the world is certainly not built for us. Right. Um, But, you know, the, the concept of, uh, like, there's so many people that say, oh, if we have a universal basic income, mm-hmm. nobody would work. And I went, hmm. I was just talking to somebody about uh, a UBI the other day, mm-hmm.
1: and and they actually proposed that uh, as well. You know, because that's the the first talking point
2: everybody says, because yeah. everybody would quit working. Depends on how much you pay. Well, yeah. So, yeah, two two concepts, right? right. Um, pe- people who are being raped, pillaged, and abused mm-hmm. would not go to work. Right. So, if you are worried that they will not go to work, maybe you should stop abusing your staff that is
1: one way well the person proposed well who would pick up the garbage cuz nobody willingly does that
2: job actually and said, garbage men here make a lot of money i don't know do. what, they what, do how actually. much they make garbage in men here make a lot of money yeah, too yeah, yeah. and you know, so sanitation I, is a massive industry there's
1: a right. lot of people that want to do that yeah uh, i pointed out to him that just because you're getting a ubi that doesn't mean you can't work that just means you you have the ability to pay your bills if you don't but you can still work on a ubi like totally. the, the way it was explained to me, the government gives you X, whatever that dollar amount they agree on to give you, everybody gets it. No matter if you're a billionaire, no matter if you have 10 bucks, everybody in the society from 18 on gets that much money, but you can yep. still go to school. You can still go to work. You can still do whatever you want and you still so, get that money.
2: So here's the concept. Yes. Uh, we hate uh Drugs. They're terrible for society. But if you have a starving family, it's a really great way to make some money to keep a roof over your kid's head and to feed them. However, universal basic income means suddenly all of those uh, wannabe drug dealers that are there because they have to be don't need to be there. Right. Thus, our drug problem shrinks.
1: And also, we would have zero homeless. Zero. <laughs> yeah. And also, so the person proposed every I Sorry, I don't
2: understand. Homeless people should just work harder. Yeah. Actually, uh-huh. I was with somebody sure. the other
0: day. And I they, mean, uh, I,
2: I've got, um, you know, a lot of people that have really great jobs um, that they got through nepotism and hmm. intergenerational wealth believe that success just comes from
0: working really hard just like they did Uh, yeah just like they did i I was with somebody the other day and we drove past a guy on the side of the street who was Mm -hmm. begging (laughs) and he had a sign and he was an older gentleman and he just said homeless and the guy that i was with said uh get a job get a job but i couldn't say anything to him at the time okay because of the situation i just ignored so then so here's the thing
2: yeah uh so, I've stopped doing concession tickets for all my shows mm-hmm. because I uh, read a piece of research. So, if I give you, let's say, uh, $30 for a ticket, normal ticket, concession might be 20 So, I give you a $10 discount on the ticket. And if you are of limited means, you are still expected to dress a certain way. You still have to get there. You'll probably be, um, socially pressured to purchase a drink or food while you're at the show right. and then maybe do something afterwards or get home. So a $10 ticket cons a person of limited means into spending a lot more than they would have originally thought. Yes. So that is a concession ticket is not a kindness to yeah. the person but a manipulation tool for me to right. build sites. It's actually baiting them to show up to the show, and then there's all the rest of that
1: stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I actually heard that totally. concept a few years ago. Uh, I think right after we joined the first comedy group, uh, I heard about that because they were talking about giving a discounted ticket to X amount of people. But then I read that article, and it kind of pointed that out, that like and you're actually creating thing is, more of
2: a burden on people. And then the other thing is, yes, sir. the arts are valuable. Right. So, our ticket price is our ticket price. Right. So, I have one ticket price and it enables me to have a slightly lower ticket price because it's averaged and there's less admin if you've got one ticket. Much easier. And when we talk about universal basic income, Mm -hmm. one thing rich people really hate and it boils their blood is missing out on free stuff. (laughs) Right, <laughs> Really hate it. I don't need it. But if it's free, I'll take it. Right. However, poor people don't give them free stuff. They don't deserve it. Right. So universal basic income fixes that because, okay, mm-hmm. Mr. Billionaire, here's your $500. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You haven't earned it. I'm just giving it to you. It's free. And they'll go, oh my god! It's for all the good work and the tax that I pay, and I'm getting some of it back. Oh, amazing! Poor people, uh, who would normally have to jump through a bazillion administrative hoops to get that, it almost costs us. The cost of compliance is the bit that just, oh yeah, blows the dollars out of the water. So if we end up just giving everybody that, the bit mm-hmm. we have to be okay with is no matter how hard we make the hoops to jump through no matter what we do there will always be a percentage of society that will rot the system of course so how sure. can we in a cost effective way mm-hmm. minimize that without penalizing the rest of society and it works out to be cheaper to have a universal basic income and just let those people rot the system, right? Because if everybody else is on that same wage, the benefits of them rotting the system that way are vastly decreased. Yes, hence organically decreasing
0: the amount of people that do that. Absolutely, I think it's funny because you're you're um you're talking about something that would typically be considered like a, a left you know, a left-leaning position. It is, yeah. But you're also using a right-wing talking point, which is about government so, inefficiency. So,
2: <laughs> right. So this is so this is the bit that blows my mind, right? We say that uh, right-wing is about, you know, business and being cost-effective. It's not. No. It's actually just about hating people. Right. In, in 90% it's, of what they talk about. Yeah. It's power and hating people and trying to use a late-stage capitalistic or economic viewpoint right. to do that. Whereas yeah. there are a lot of decisions that right wing people are are pushing for that are actually based on data, research, information, less effective, more expensive, I, and I, I just don't I don't understand it unless you look through the lens of I just have an irrational hatred of people that aren't me,
1: but. Right. Um, I I will say that I did hear um, this bunch of years ago, but I did hear a a Republican from one of the states uh, talk about a UBI and how much money the government will actually end up saving. He was like, I'm not going to vote for it, but here's the benefit of it. And he actually pointed out how much cheaper it is for the society for the government to give that money opposed to trying to do all of the other social welfare programs that
2: they already do. And so like here's, yeah. It's, like, so then do it. Germans have got this really interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Uh They see charity as a failure of government. Okay. So if you need a charity mm-hmm. to help in any way, that is a failure of your government.
1: Oh, uh, now I get what you're saying with that. Yeah. And okay. That's a completely foreign
0: concept to America. Oh, we, oh. We think the opposite way. Yeah, we.
2: Yeah,
1: well, I mean, think about all the
0: charities we have in the United States. Most of them don't do much of anything. Well, see, it's the difference of like we don't to, here. Most people don't see the go- the government as – We don't see that as the government's role is to do those things. The, Which is some, a some of us being by the government. Yes, yeah, some of us do. Some people employee. do here, but not everybody. Yeah, man. it's I say overall, people don't feel that way.
2: Yeah, so I, I find that, I that uh, really, really interesting because if you look at the amount of money that people give to charities. And we called that tax. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You could fix a lot of those problems with more resources and better networks.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, if we, um, in that conversation I was having with the person, they brought up, you know, the defense spending bill, or rather how much the uh, U.S. government spends on defense. And I pointed out that in number. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, In the 90s, we did cut it in half, and somehow we hit a surplus. Somehow we balanced our budget somehow. Oh, yeah, that's because we spent half as much money on you know trying to defend ourselves from
2: someone. I think but and, then a, but lot, you, a lot of uh, America's defending mm-hmm. is actually capitalist interests. Yes, that's
1: literally what we defend the most. Or of the fights time. that we started ourselves and then play the victim. <clears throat> oh yeah, gotta love that one too. Why are you marketing yourself? Yeah. Well, I mean very Stop straightforward. Hitting yourself. <clears throat> Very straightforward. America's good at two things. One, marketing. Like, period, in every way possible, we're totally damn good brilliant. at marketing. Office. And the second thing we're good at is pushing away and deflecting blame. Oh, that's well, nope, Wasn't forget, us. We're, no, we're wasn't us, at, but uh, we'll help.
0: <laughs> we're good at making things that blow people up.
1: Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very good at that. Yeah. Well, once we stole the ideas from Germany.
0: Um, for the, all the uh, rockets. That was... Well, Going back to the UBI oh. thing, I was going to say there was another yeah. interesting argument for it is, um, if if you look at people who talk about or they're worried about uh, displacement of workers because of automation right. and AI, well, a UBI kind of helps with that too. If you have people who who let's say you get displaced from uh, your job, an easy example to think of uh, would be like truck drivers. Um, so if we have self driving trucks everywhere and those truck drivers don't have a job. They have to maybe find something else they can do or learn a new skill, um, but in the meantime, what are you going to do with all these people who don't who are out of work, right? Who don't have a job now? The UBI covers those those situations right. too, because we might so get me- to a point where pe- yeah. most people might not need to work. You know, maybe a right. hundred years from now, people won't need to work because we'll have uh, computers that can do everything. And do you know us. what? People will still
2: need to work, but then that is in itself a very capitalist viewpoint. If we look at the English aristocracy. Mhm. I don't work at all. It's about it's about making your money work for you. Right, not through abusing other people but having trying to find a way to do that. And I know that if I had all all the money in the world I would still work because I enjoy what I do. Right, and that that's You know the- what I mean?
1: That's the, that's one of the things about it. Like I, the first person ever bring up a UBI to me. I was very adamant against it because I came up with all the reasons why we can't, but they were all surface level reasons why we can't. They actually used the idea of the coal industry. If everybody had a basic UBI allowance, right. That was able to pay, you know, mortgage or rent, right. Just, just that much. We could shut down the entire coal industry, they can still take care of their families and we can retrain them into say something more renewable, but then nobody's going to care about it as much because there's not as much, well, but they're going to be unemployed. Well, yeah, but they can still pay all their bills and now we can shift them over somewhere else if they want to. And that's the cool thing to me is we're going to end up having more people who love what they do, but they're going to be able to find out what it is they want to do. Because maybe they want to be an okay. accountant, but they didn't so, live close enough to a college. So now they
2: have to work in the mine. Maybe they want so to be ne- an accountant. next level mm-hmm. free education. Oh, oh, I'm already so the, a
1: big fan of free education.
2: So, the funny thing is, the people who took free ed globally, the people who took free education
0: away were the people that got free education. Yes. Are you a Gene Roddenberry fan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? There
2: you go. Really, you're going to go there? Well, because a lot of
0: this, you know, you
1: know what? Just ask Ben outright. Ben, are you a fan of Star Trek?
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, So that Star Trek's been um, pushing boundaries and trying to chip away at um, irrational conservative ideas. Mm Because there's some conservative ideas that still work. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But irrational ones that aren't based on data and data, fact, and you know, other general information that is solid, um, get rid of them. We got right. more data now. It's okay for your views to change. Mine yeah. have. You Mine know, too. as new as new information comes along, I go, hmm, I need to reassess that. Okay, that makes sense. All right. I'm on board. Absolutely. Rather than going, I hate this and I will hate this until the day I die.
1: Right. It's it's that kind of concrete rigidity to thought that hurts.
2: Everybody.
1: One so you, here's
2: yeah. So UBI is one thing. Yep. How are we gonna? How are we? How are we gonna pay for this? Here's another really great idea that's gonna bake your noodle. Mm-hmm. Uh a flat five percent tax. Oh, you say only five percent? I don't well, know the if that re-
1: works better for you or not. I was. Uh, I had the conversation so the- <laughs> with somebody of fifteen percent
2: flat across the board. So the research that I read. Yes. We're saying that for persons, as in individuals and businesses, international or whatever, as if they are operating in that space, it is a flat 5%, no deductions. It is a turnover tax. Yeah. So we know the governments already know exactly what our turnover is because we can, because of our digital economy. We know exactly what that is. The money's right. touched a digital something somewhere along the line. Right. So it's really easy to work out how much money's come through. Mm-hmm. You just pay five percent of that, no deductions. Right. So the cost, the cost saving mm. the business in not needing to employ taxation lawyers right. and accountants, and 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 just to find a tax loophole or to lobby and petition the government for a loophole for your industry and then also imagine the IRS being 5% of the size and it's just yeah. managing all this data you know yeah. at 5% it's not worth it's not worth trying to you know skip out on that and everybody ha- can do 5% without it drastically affecting their standard of living yeah. so everyone can contribute
0: right yeah that's i've always thought that a flat tax would be a good idea because um well you have you know people concerned about wealthy people paying taxes but they're able to take advantage of uh they call them tax loopholes but it's not really tax loopholes it's just built into the tax code there's different it's so and it's so complicated but i was going to ask you in australia is deliberately complicated the, is oh, yeah. the tax code extremely complicated in australia yes. too? So it's like yes. the US, we have like thousands of pages of tax code. And that's because average- we use ta- we use
2: taxation
0: mm-hmm. to leverage votes. Right.
2: Which yeah.
0: made it a mess. But the average person should be able to understand what they're paying and how, how taxes work. You shouldn't have to pay somebody to do taxes for you. If you have a flat tax, everybody just pays uh, a tax and that's it. No deductions, yeah. no loopholes. I've yeah. always agreed with that. And it's funny because um there's been politicians in america on the left and the right in the past who have both wanted to propose right. something like a flat tax but it's just never been popular right well everybody, everybody how, how can you manipulate if it's and transparent and clear and
2: easy and how, that's how can you Yep. that's what it kind of comes down to is they and need this, to have a
1: vague grayness or cloud over whatever the fuck is going on just purely well, so, so they can say some,
0: well we've got it under control maybe there's some self-preservation and, there with the irs well yeah, maybe the is. irs is like a like a Gestapo over here, and well, show well, people's no. houses.
2: And- but think about it we've bred we've bred all these angry, angry people. Yeah. Uh so what would they do?
1: Right. Uh, you know, the police force is full. Yeah, I mean, a certain president did cut down the size of the
2: IRS quite a lot. I mean, granted, they were all rehired, but still. Yeah, um, I think I think all of these things is things are are a. Go back to the point of saying, um, and that a lot of the right-wing people, people who identify as right-wing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: are making decisions that are actually more expensive. Oh, drastically! But yet they say and it's for. Your I also, freedom. I also don't agree yeah. with all of the left-wing stuff either, <laughs> because I go, not everything should be free. You know, I think that there is a way to meet in the middle and if we did that, both parties would have a bit of a win mm-hmm. and we would both parties would move closer to both of their goals. Right. Don't really understand what the problem with bipartisan support of a lot of these things are. However, if your basis is I just fucking hate people that aren't me, I right. totally understand why we are where we are. And then there would be
0: enough money left over to make Australian Star Wars. Yes. Yes, there would be. Yes, there would
1: be. And that's a movie I want to see. No, I I think you're absolutely correct. Like, uh, they're pretty much.
0: At
1: this point, they're just being obstinate about so much shit when they could come together. Uh, And all of the things that we talked about would eliminate a lot of the issues. But people got to be willing to talk. They've got to be willing to have a conversation with somebody they don't agree with.
2: We also need to, uh, I I actually think it may be bigger than that, that the power brokers that we have Mm -hmm. do not, aren't smart enough to do anything else other than manipulate. Right. So they wish to keep their power Mm -hmm. at all costs. But I agree. And we have we see that with a lot of bi- uh, a lot of large businesses as well um and also governments where we've moved from a how can how can we all win mindset right to how can i win mindset to how can you lose even if i lose <laughs> yeah yeah if i'm going to lose so should everybody else yeah totally yeah totally uh and i'd you know, and I, I don't have an answer for any of this, but I think that we could be running society a little bit better. And it's funny that every time I catch up with a group of autistic people, mm-hmm. we tend to end up on a very similar page of it's not really hard or expensive to make society better for everyone, yeah, including that's, us. So the way you're, you're yeah, saying true.
0: we should just have a like a coup. All the autistic people should right. get together, we overthrow the government, and we put in place our own. Yep. Part, we'll get together separately. But yes. yeah, we'll get together. Right. That's right. Right. Uh, yeah. too many of us in one place. who make it. Actually, world. you know what? We probably could. We
2: just code. We just code differently.
0: Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right.
2: Most what? of the most of the shit systems that we've got in place were coded by autistic people.
0: <laughs> uh, Mr. President, there's a uh, strange man in the lobby who's twiddling his fingers.
2: <laughs> Put it to
0: work? <laughs> yep.
1: <coughs> mm, excuse me. Oh. Um, Oh my God.
0: Such a great
1: conversation. Uh, Thank President Sorensen,
0: we have Rayman on line one for you.
1: Oh, you <laughs> had to. You had to go one episode and make that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. um, I think everyone. So in Australian Star yeah.
0: Wars. Now, yes. Yes. I've been able to use a lightsaber to simultaneously toast and spread the Vegemite on the bread.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly what we do. <laughs> and we give everyone nicknames. So. Han Solo is with his mate Steak <laughs> because Steak's always a bit chewy. There you go. <laughs> okay, Steak. a little bit of association there. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, got
1: yeah. I got you. All right. So uh, here's a question for you. Uh, uh, and What's it's about
0: someone
2: a- actually made a Darth Vader barbecue. They did? Oh, like an actual barbecue? An actual barbecue. That's hilarious. Was What's it his mask for? and you can open it up? Uh, I think I think it was something like that. That's wonderful. It's it, pretty wonderful rough if you burnt your hand. I know, right? Oh, it'd be so great, though, if
1: you opened it up and you just see all the meat there and it would look like his face.
0: If a creature like Yoda did exist somewhere, it probably uh-huh. would be Australia. Probably somewhere yeah. out there. There's a weird creature that looks like
1: Yoda. Yeah,
0: weird little green guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: actually, we, that would probably be in. Uh, so you've got your area 51. Yes, yeah. we do. Uh, we've got a. Uh, I want to say similar, but it's not really because we're Australian. We don't really give a shit about stuff like that. Um, in in South Australia, uh, there's a uh, one of those uh, like military test zone mm-hmm. things. So uh, that's our equivalent. And the US does some testing and stuff there as well, because we're like mates and like we're building subs together and stuff, which oh. is important. That was an in, uh, incredibly stupid deal for everyone, but because Americans are so good at marketing, we like went, yeah, shit, yeah. Yeah,
1: we're, we'll, we're good at marketing.
2: Wait, 30, actually, 30, 30 billion bucks a year we're spending on those Arcus subs that the US are making. Oh my God. and they'll be they'll be ready in, uh what are they ready in 10 or 15 years someone sent send me hey mail correcting me, but in 10 or 15 years to protect us against a threat oh my God uh, which is and that threat that we're protecting against also has a 10-year start because we announced it and the threat that Australia <laughs> well, is protecting
0: what we're going to do <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: and the threat that we're protecting ourselves against is also our biggest
0: trading partner. Nice. Be what China? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys are a lot closer to China, so. Well, I
1: actually got a question, uh, and I'm sorry I keep do- I keep telling him I'm about to ask. Sorry, I wanted to go, go back to, to Australian Star
0: Wars because I was thinking that I know, it would make more sense instead of Yoda being uh-huh. a little green guy. It would just be a talking koala bear. Oh, or yeah, a drop, well, though, drop bear. So, oh, oh,
2: boy, here's my fact on drop bears, right? <laughs> what, what's um, a drop bear? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, like, I know drop bears. Okay. He doesn't know drop bears. I have no idea what koala. So Koala, <laughs> yeah. looks like a bear, not a bear. Right. Um, and they are none that smart, not that clever. <laughs> so Steve, got it. So <laughs> lit, so if you if you look at an autopsy of a koala, they have one unique thing. Well, they've got a, quite a few unique things, but the most unique thing is a smooth brain. Wait, like completely? Smooth. Wow. So, yeah. So they're literally not that bright because it's all about surface area. That's why ours is all bump or most people's is, you know, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Smooth, not that bright. Wow. Um, And they've evolved that way because they eat um, eucalyptus leaves, which are incredibly low in nutrients. So koalas operate like a normal animal, but they're kind of like, I don't know Australia's sloth in a sense because they eat they eat such low density foods. Mm. They try to conserve energy where they can, and brain function is is one of them. I know a few people like that as well. Um, and when we talk about drop bears, that's a that's the thing we use to scare tourists, and it's the concept of a bear that fucking drops out of a tree and mauls you. <laughs> So it's a koala that drops out of the tree and you you. this you
0: I've
2: never heard this no, it, 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 yeah. so I've heard it. there are a lot of tourists in parks at night mm-hmm. that are running from drop bears that don't exist <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the other funny thing right is koalas it's <laughs> yeah, funny you've never heard the term drop bear before I've never
2: so koalas, which makes it even worse, when their mating call is like this really scary, guttural growl that echoes through the forest. So if you think drop bears exist and there's actually a koala in the area that's a bit horny, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you hear it. Oh, <laughs> that's not what they sound like, but you can Google it later.
1: That's hilarious. Nice. Okay. So, oh. All I was going to ask was, like, uh, Australian weather. Are there parts that actually get cold? Fucked. <laughs> oh, the weather's uh, fucked. Yes. Okay. Actually, this, this ties into drop bears, it's actually. Well,
0: Australia is close to Antarctica. That's
1: of. what I thought. That's why I'm asking, actually, because I was telling yeah. Natalie that we were going to talk to Ben. And uh, she said, oh, it's always hot there. And I said, well, but actually, the north part of Australia would be closer to Antarctica. So
2: wouldn't it be closer to our weather? We's, ben? We we straddle the equator. Oh. Beauti- beautifully. Like a, a little... little... Um, so, drop bears. Yes. I can, We'll finish this, and then it relates to the weather, right? Okay. So, drop bears. Fictitious, totally not fucking real at all. hmm But, when the weather in Australia gets too hot, like over 40-something degrees, our... Koala friends. Yeah, Celsius got it. Fucking American. Yeah. Skin. Hang on, hang on. There's only three countries that use it. The other two, I haven't heard of. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to do a con- I'll, Let me do a conversion for o- you.
1: Only if you want to. I'm assuming it's
2: triple digits. Uh, Fahrenheit to Celsius. Fahrenheit. Hang on, I found a calculation. Have- 104 Fahrenheit. There we go. See, triple digits. Got uh, it. So if it's over 104, uh-huh. our koala friends uh, literally drop out of trees <laughs> <laughs> because they, they, they pass out.
0: The okay. little animals
2: pass out and they drop out of trees. And we didn't experience this or know this happened until fucking global warming. Oh. So it wasn't so,
1: something that happened like 40 years ago.
2: No. So oh. now the temperatures hit that peak. Right. And they're like, Dropping out of trees.
0: That's like in uh, Florida and I think Puerto Rico, where they have iguanas. Yeah, and they fall out of trees when it gets too cold. Yep, because they they uh, they go into shock. Right, because they're reptiles. So they're yeah, yeah, cold-blooded, but they go into uh, shock and they fall down until they warm up and then they.
1: So what I'm hearing Ben say is there's this myth that they tell tourists about these crazed wild bears that will attack people.
0: Oh, koala bears jumping out of trees and, and attack
1: yeah. you. <laughs> and and. Now, the weather gets to a point where midday a tourist could be walking past a tree and a koala will fall on them. Oh.
0: <laughs> I,
1: I want to see this. <laughs> I like, I badly want to set up a camera, like a wildlife camera, and just watch until I see a koala bear fall on somebody.
2: <laughs> I don't know why. Can you imagine so David Attenborough into writing that? <laughs>
0: That's what I was thinking. As the American passes underneath the tree, you yeah. see the drop bear fall. <laughs> the koala oh, has picked up on the scent of fear. <laughs> oh God! I've done the thing is uh, uh, you know this, two of them. I've done I've done two sketches where I did yeah. a voiceover, um, just oh. with stock footage. But I did um, a David Attenborough thing. But I had one which was. Um, about a deer that only eats wild dill, and it's referred to as the dill doe. Yeah, so I did this whole stupid bit about it, and then I had another one where I did uh, the Karen. Yeah, the Karen and her so was, natural yeah, environment. All these videos I of these that. women, yeah. uh, you know, being racist and stuff like that. But I narrated it as a nature documentary. The, oh yeah, the dill doe I like.
2: Yeah. Yep, oh, that's, that's- uh, that. That's very. This that, um, I love that. That's like that joke. What do what do gay horses eat? Hey, <laughs> no, they eat cock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <they're gay> <laughs> oh, that's
1: awesome! That's awesome.
2: Well oh dear. then if you're um, then- <coughs> so the we- so weather, um, don't oh, die! Don't die! Go. Nope, not dying. All right, you can't afford to in America. That's true. Uh, I can't even afford so- to get sick, so. Yeah. weather and that's a precursor normally yep um the weather in australia so we have north queensland and western australia uh normally known for being very very hot mm-hmm. the top half of australia pretty hot
1: we're well, not gonna fall hold on i'm sorry but i'm a weirdo in this way when you say no. top half do you mean closer to china
2: uh, all of Australia is closer to China financially. Oh, I meant like, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, You're in a so different yeah, hemisphere, so I don't know if like top to you would be the bottom part for us. If It's below at Indonesia
0: you. somewhere. Yes,
2: there
1: we go. <laughs> yeah, that's so I the I
2: top half yeah. is the one that's below Indonesia. Okay. And when I say the bottom half, I mean closer to the pole. Okay, yeah. good. Well, I didn't Does that make sense? Was, yeah. Uh, well, not I'm enough, up, so right.
1: right. I'm the pretty one for the podcast. So I was just trying to figure out if oh, maybe it was that, reversed first
2: for you guys. Right. So is that why you don't light him? Right. That's right. yes. That's
0: exactly why that he good. doesn't. Yeah. Actually it's, it's He's uh, kind of jealous it's that normally I'm a little one. later in here but we usually record um, during, during, the, during day. the day but it's yeah. nighttime here now so it's getting I mean, darker. My windows of. not letting a light oh, in. Look,
2: I have a face. Yeah. As you can see from my background I'm
0: in the future and it's constantly daytime. Yes. yes. Uh, ben <laughs> just I want to be polite too cuz we we've been going for an hour and uh, 20. Uh, I didn't want to, if you need to go at all, just let us know. I didn't want to keep So thankfully today, uh, today is actually the king's birthday.
2: Oh. We we got a public holiday for it. We fucking hate the king. But, uh, which is how you know you're in a um, a monarch-based society is if you hate the king. That's like extreme. It's a game of extreme capitalism Mm -hmm. mixed with a bit of inbreeding. I
0: think the Uh, the French had the right idea.
2: What, what what did they do? They cut their heads off.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, they did. Oh.
1: Yep, that's right. All right. Guillotine. So so the top uh, the northern half so of the, Australia so is top hot. Half,
2: yeah. Yep. And the bottom half is also hot, but has moments of snow. Oh. Oh. So Tasmania, yeah, which, which is-, is the little island at the bottom, right, which is closest to the pole, has mm-hmm. some of the. Freshest air. When you walk, get off the plane, you can smell it. It is the cleanest, freshest air that blows off. Wow. Um the the, the Arctic comes up and it's just beautiful. But it is can get very, very cold there. I'm in Melbourne, which is in Victoria, which is the uh closest mainland state. Uh and like we will get days that are. Hang on, let me do my ca- uh, calculations here on the Americanism app. Thank you, uh, thank you. We will get that. we'll get days that are like up to maybe 113 Fahrenheit. Wow! And and then where this is just where where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then night times in winter will get down to like. 15 fahrenheit. Oh wow. Oh, wow, yeah.
1: okay. Wow,
2: that's so a good that's shift. A- annually? Yeah. That's that's a, that's a Melbourne range. Okay. You know, okay. whereas in uh Queensland in in Brisbane, if you go mm-hmm. to north Queensland and places like that, your range will be uh maybe um 110 to um people oh
1: okay <coughs> sorry i'm actually very interested in knowing about northern australia because i had that yeah, conversation so- and i could only speculate that like the lower part of australia is probably cold or yeah colder. and it
2: is yeah it is colder than yeah. the top half and the further away from the equator you get right the cooler it gets right I'm just, I'm just so we, used to being American where we're so far above
1: uh, the equator that it's not even really a thought process of where the equator is most of the time.
2: Yeah, so we got the equator and the Tropic of Capricorn, I think, is sort of kind of a, uh, uh, around there. But, I mean, oh, this okay. is outside of my skill set. I just say funny things. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just remembering back to school. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's the... Um, yeah, that's why the weather sort of is okay. all over the place. All right. And then we have the center of the dead, the red center of Australia, uh-huh. um, which has Uluru, which is the big rock. Sure. Um, and that has like monsoonal rain there, and it's really dry, really hot. Uh, because okay. obviously it's the furthest away from the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it has monsoonal rains. A lot Mm -hmm. of the northern territory does, which is sort of the center to the top of Australia, has um a a a different weather cycle to the rest of Australia. Darwin, which is the top bit, Mm -hmm. is you know, pretty wet, very humid. Uh I don't like humidity, does weird things to the beard. Um and then as you go, as you go inland, it's uh drier and drier and drier and you know red soil that's a really a totally different climate
0: oh wow okay yeah we're gonna plan a trip there so nick can box a kangaroo yep
2: true statement i want to see I've him seen, get I've up seen, on seen, a tail
1: and
0: kick i don't in know the how, face. how how often yep. it actually it, happens but i have seen videos of kangaroos fighting people, <laughs> punching really? people. It, it, yeah a big red will fuck you up R-
2: wait that's like a real thing yeah they can they can punch legit and kick so if you so there's um, can so we say uh, kangaroos, but there's actually lots of different types of kangaroo It's not okay. like just one one kangaroo so a big red if you google a picture of a big red uh, you'll be able to see bulging muscles in the top half. oh wow um, it's the so, season of kangaroos yeah yeah literally imagine a kangaroo a, a cartoon kangaroo that's jacked Mm-hmm. Standing in front of you, possibly even taller than you, it's the Chad kangaroo, oh yeah. my God. So if you're the worried wallaby. About- yeah what? so if you're if you're worried about those arms, uh-huh. then you're looking at the wrong bit because if that's how big his arms are, imagine yeah. how big his his uh, bloody legs are,
0: yeah, so they wow. have
2: this they have this thing where they'll go back on their tail and just right.
0: Kangaroo yeah. Cake. So they're like yeah. Wow. Yeah. I always thought that was just a I don't know I mean, a joke about it. Does anybody eat them? I know people eat wallaby. Yeah. I know people oh, yeah. eat I know people eat wallaby meat. No, I know that.
2: people eat kangaroos. because I've had it here in the United States. Yeah. So there's uh that's a bit of an interesting thing. So kangaroos, I think humans should pick up the same uh breeding concept as kangaroos to a certain extent. So kangaroos are like, nah. Conditions are bad. Not breeding. Nah, nah, matey. Get away. Put that little thing away. I thought you
0: were going to tell nah. my girlfriend she should grow a pouch.
2: <laughs> oh, imagine the snacks you'd keep in there.
0: I know, yeah. right? Jesus.
2: Although, although it is my understanding that the pouch uh, also has uh, has some teats in there and yeah, some a uh, bit. A bit of a oh. mucus covering as well. The mucus you covering, seen,
0: not so keen on. You ever yeah. seen a picture of what the inside of a pouch looks like? No. Well, they get nipples in there so the babies can drink milk while they're in there. Actually, oh, Actually, yeah. you don't you don't? I don't think America's got marsupials. No, we, we don't. One. Wait, we do. I think. What? What do you have? Yeah, yeah. aren't possums marsup- marsupials?
2: Oh, I think possums. Oh. Hang on, hang on. Fucking. I think you're right, crying. but I'm going <laughs>
1: way back to like sixth grade on that one. Knowledge-wise.
2: Yeah. Uh, possum, they're a suborder of 70 tree-living marsupials. Oh. Native, native to Australia and the Indonesian islands of New Guinea and somewhere else that I don't know. So okay. do we have that so, type of possum here? Because we have possums. So, you're, so the picture that I have here is what I have seen an American possum looks like.
0: Okay. They're nasty. So they're mean. I had a uh, a pet so they got attacked your, by one of those. So your
2: possums are bigger than ours?
0: Oh. Uh. Oh. Um
2: and we have uh a range of little possums and we have some called like sugar gliders. Yeah, And, seen and yeah, yeah. They jump off the trees and put their little arms out and then they fly for a bit yep. and then grab onto a tree.
0: People used to have them as pets here, but I think they're illegal now. Yeah, Americans have just about everything as pets. That's Uh, true. Even things that probably shouldn't. Right, like at one point. Tiger King? (laughs) Oh, no, I wasn't going to go that dark. Jesus Christ.
1: Oh, my bad. I mean, we stopped doing that. You know, (laughs) after everybody else.
0: Uh, Yeah. That's not (laughs) true. We were, we weren't the last. No, we were, we're not the first. Last. Oh, oh yeah, so that so that yes. makes it totally okay. Yeah, <laughs> totally okay, right there because we were not the wasn't last. the UK was one of the first countries? It, to the UK give up was one of the first. Yeah, to ban well to ban slavery. I well, think. of of the countries that or, had just because it's banned doesn't that. mean it doesn't happen. But it well, wasn't banned outside too. of the UK itself because <laughs> I think no. there were still colonies that had slavery. Yeah, it was just you couldn't import into the UK. You just couldn't import.
1: Yeah, you yeah. just couldn't had to use local stock. Yes, that's right. Uh you, you could still have a company holding in other places, which is why the Atlantic slave trade continued even though the UK went, no, no, you can't do it on our shores.
0: Yeah. We live yeah, in a absolutely. very Portuguese area oh. too. So we do. I I'm a quarter Portuguese and uh I'm this, not this area old. that I live in is with large Portuguese population, little Portugal here. Oh, so the food must be amazing. But they they uh <laughs> We're you know, uh, guilty yeah. of bringing a lot of those people over here. So yes, the Portuguese, Portuguese chicken is amazing. Well, well what kind of
1: uh, chicken? Like the Mozambique?
2: Yeah, I love, yeah. I like a chicken of any sort. Like I love uh, to pat chickens. I love the little noises they make, and I love eating them. <laughs> nice. You just all
1: around, you love chicken. Nice. Just love chicken
2: as you should. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, what was I going to say about oh the marsupials? Yes. Pouch, uh, kangaroos. Yes, we eat kangaroos. Uh, and they, they have this thing where they go, if conditions aren't right, they don't breed. Or mm-hmm. if they feel like conditions aren't right, they're not going to breed. Okay. Uh, so that'd be really, really great if humans went, Do you know what? I'm not, you know, I'm, uh, I don't have the financial means or resources. And the world is a really messed up place at the moment. I'm not going to breed. I'll breed when it's good conditions.
0: I will say mm. that I think here in America, we're actually doing our part to solve that problem because uh, weekly we usually have some sort of mass shooting. So I think <laughs> Australia needs to pick up some of the slack. So you guys are just letting your kids just, you know, you just. Oh, look, oh, I've, wow. I've, long, I've long
2: said that um, the solution to most of America's problems is for
0: white men to fire blanks. <laughs> Uh, I live close enough to a uh, to a radio tower, so I'm I'm probably covered. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> you get those five nice. G towers installed down the street, so not only did it give a, give me COVID, but now I'm also sterile. So, well, yeah, nice. But you you <laughs> you must have been vaccinated because you've got autism. That's right. Oh yeah, I've always said okay. the M- MMR gives you MR. So yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: oh, Jesus! That gives you MR. I
0: know. <laughs> oh, come on. All right. Yeah. My my favorite thing is
2: autism causes vaccines. Oh, that's
1: nice.
2: Yeah, because most of the scientists have autism. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, you mean people people who like to be in a lab by themselves all day and study things are autistic? What? People who obsess over something?
2: That is a disgusting
0: stereotype
1: that
2: is Uh totally accurate. (laughs) Yes,
1: totally, completely. Yeah, almost all of us do. I don't care what part of the spectrum, I don't care where in the circle, I don't Look, care. I'm not even it. a so- we all
2: do. I'm not even a scientist. Yeah. And I would go, that sounds interesting. I'm up for that.
1: Right. Right. You know? Like I don't care anything about engineering or like uh quantum physics, but if you put an interesting article in front of me, I'm going to obsess over it for a few
0: days. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not it all. I like how you yep. have all these people who are like posthumously diagnosing people with autism and they have Oh, Albert right. Einstein was autistic, or Isaac Newton was autistic. Yeah, right, and, sure. And, like, pretty much, any anybody who invented something or had some great scientific right. breakthrough throughout history, a mathematician, now posthumously, they were autistic, which they could have been. Yeah, could have.
1: But we have no idea. We we would have no idea, really. Um, I will say, I will say this much though: um, when most other people or most people use the expression, they're going to deep dive on a subject. It drives me crazy. Because I know full well that person took 10 minutes. They're
2: not even scratching
1: the lacquer off. Not even. They don't know what deep dive into a subject is until they're autistic. Until you spend three hours or more.
2: If you are at risk of
0: getting the bends. Yep. That's a deep dive. Yes. Well, you just go to Reddit, you'll find plenty of those people. Oh, God. Reddit. How good's that? I've only just discovered it. Oh, really? it's
2: like a little melting
0: pot of. There's a large number of autistic shit. people on Reddit, <laughs> and they actually will, they'll joke about uh, Reddit autists because if you want to know something, they'll just ask an autistic person on Reddit and they'll go find the answer. Like go find yeah. it. Although to
1: find something productive on Reddit, yep. I have found it to be extremely hard.
2: Very much so. Oh. I've had to con- consciously curate my algorithm. Yeah. Yeah, because there is nothing worse on social media. Than sitting up in bed on your phone, scroll death scroll or doom scrolling through stuff, then accidentally hitting an ad and going, "Oh fuck, I didn't mean to hit that ad, and now I'm going to get you know mm-hmm. spammed with that category for the next oh, yeah. six months." Oh, yeah, uh,
1: I I recently had this problem. So when we first started the podcast back in February, I started looking, at, I started doing the TikTok for it and like scrolling through stuff to find you know good relatable material or whatnot. And I'm flipping through, flipping through. And the other day, I realized there's a whole lot of like hardcore Republican stuff coming up. And I'm like, what the hell is all this? And just out of nowhere, I seem to be in that realm of things. So I keep going to the search, typing in autism and trying to recorrect that to now give me mostly autistic people talking about autism. Uh, but every yep. now and again I still get like some hardcore dude who's like, oh my god, I'm gonna get him out of our country. I'm like, no, go away, swipe up, swipe no. up no. Lock, no, no, go away.
2: Report.
1: Yeah, like I just want, I just want to see mental health stuff. I just want to see artistic stuff. Give me an ADHD Don't give
2: me, real quick. Do you know what? That that's why Republican stuff's coming up, because uh that's the cause of your mental health issues <laughs> and why you can't afford to fix it. Uh, that's right. That's right. That's why I can't do nothing about it. Yeah. What
0: was funny is um, we would make a joke about that, but during uh, the 20, you know, between 2016 and 2020 with, with Trump and all that, uh, mm-hmm. there were a lot of people who are oh, on the spectrum who I hadn't noticed fell into uh, like the alt right rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Um, just because. That's what happens the, when you defund education. That is yeah. oh,
2: very true.
0: Well, I th- think what it is is, you know, if they, their algorithm. Uh, YouTube used to have a lot of alt-right content and people would, if you watch one video and you keep getting more of it. And I think sometimes people like us uh, are easy to, to be manipulated into, you know, if we get that black or white thinking, you kind of fall into the trap. And we just keep following
1: the info, but that doesn't help us when there's an algorithm saying, Oh, you watched one,
2: here's 10. Right. The other, the other thing is just because it's well-produced and someone says it, that doesn't mean it's real. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very true. Uh, and that's and that's a really hard thing uh, to understand. And I, I uh, even me when I was younger, I used to think, oh, they published a book, so it must be real. And then I actually worked in publishing for a bit, and I realised, you know, who also published That's a not book? even close to fucking true. Right. Hit, some right. things are, and yeah. some things aren't. It's just not as easy. Right. Exactly.
0: Pretty cool thinking. A joke. Huh? Yeah, sorry. Did you
1: we say that joke, Steve? Huh? No, it wasn't huh? It
0: wasn't funny. I, it. It. I know
1: it wasn't. No, it's cool, Ben. He was saying something he normally says about shit like
0: that. And I said, you know who also published a book? Brad. Hitler.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've heard him say this so many sorry, times. Sorry, I, I did not see that joke coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, jokes like that, you got to have your Auschwitz about
0: you. Yes, you do. Yes. <laughs> I'll crystal knock it off are you uh, yeah
2: i am as you know what i was on um i went on the uh to a friend's bar mitzvah the other day mm -hmm. and there was some uh really really good looking jewish girl and i asked
0: for a number and she went how rude we have names now (laughs) that's a good one that's why i usually bring one of those scanners that they have at the checkout aisle with me oh oh, that's hard (laughs)
1: That <laughs> <It> was terrible. <laughs> it's not that funny.
0: It was horribly offensive. Besides, they didn't give barcodes, they gave him numbers, so it doesn't even make sense. The joke doesn't even make sense.
1: You modernized
0: it. <laughs> modernized. <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to give next, the next genocide. We're just going to give everybody a UPC instead of uh, yeah. numbers aren't efficient enough. We need UPCs. We're okay, going actually you know what we'll, we'll take this up. you walking in no, 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 QR codes. What's your QR? I'm so sorry.
1: I'm sorry. Ben's
0: never going to talk to us again. <laughs> <gasps>
1: Oh my hey, god. Fuck, this is edited before it's released. <laughs> uh we don't usually edit, but we might have to this time. I don't know. Oh, we might have to. Uh although that was the best laugh I've had in months. Oh my <sighs> god. Oh, that was so
2: good. Uh, Whew. Whew. uh it's I feel like a beer uh, now. Whew. Yeah, me too. It's like nine o'clock and I'm like into it. <laughs> there you go. Um, you said you said it's AM where you are right now, right? Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, sorry, it's 10 out, 10 out of 3 AM. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. So, Ben, one uh, thing. Uh, you do voiceover works. I wanted to ask a two-part question. Yeah. First part is, do you feel like you ever get typecast? Second part of that question is, when are you doing the Australian version of I Am Sam? Oh,
1: wow.
0: Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that be? Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> they...
2: <laughs> you know what? I, I feel like I do get typecast. So, um, and that's that whole, how do we communicate a massive amount of information in a really short space of time, because time is money. We use stereotypes. Marketing mm-hmm. and advertising use stereotypes. Whether it's good or bad, that's how we communicate. Right. Or how we, how we, one of the building blocks of communication. And uh, over here we have the, uh, a really warm, you know, relatable Australian tradesperson is, uh, is, a, is a very popular choice. And, and we call it like just super rocker when we talk about Australians and we talk about tradies and we talk about getting solar on your roof. You know, so they they love that sort of thing. So I end up mm. doing a lot of a lot of that, um, and you know, there's a bit of casting there. I also seem to do a lot of um during music acts as well uh, when they come out. If, so,
0: if you were offered a role to play an autistic person, would you do it? Uh, would Would you, would you be yeah. excited to do it? Yeah, uh, look,
2: I would do it, and I would charge them extra, saying I would like to. Be a method actor.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's going to take more research because I just have to live like an autistic <laughs> yeah, person, you know?
1: That's right.
2: So it's going to be more expensive. But it'll be If worse you just want it. authenticity. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And then I could unmask comfortably and they'd go, no, he's method
0: acting. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> it. it would, would probably it depend off. on who wrote it too, because is the person who was writing it, are they writing a realistic, realistic version of an autistic character? And then, depending on what what the context is, maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I so I, I have a theory on this, right? So yeah.
2: People when we talk about Sheldon from the mm-hmm. um, Big Bang oh, Theory, Jim, Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory, yeah. Uh, a lot of autistic people go, "No, I hate that. That's not that's not accurate at all." And uh, a lot of people go, "Yeah, I love that character." So here's my take on it. Sheldon is not a completely authentic. Autistic character Okay However However The idea of an autistic character In a show Is not to appeal to autistic people It is to appeal to neurologically typical people And when we talk about education We move from the known to the unknown And I think the character Sheldon That Jim Parsons plays Is perfect at progressing and minimizing that gap between what a neurologically typical person thinks of an autistic person and what a real autistic person is. Yes. The other thing I love about that character is he is able to be quirky, weird, different, annoying, painful, but he is still so, so very much loved and supported no matter how much crazy Mm -hmm. he has. He is still one of us and he belongs. Right, And he is part of our group. And that is the most important message of all. So when we talk about autistic characters in film, in TV, and we see the progression from Rain Man, Mm -hmm. which is where society was, to Sheldon or even to White Lotus.
0: I haven't seen it. I
2: I know the show, but I haven't seen it. Um, so White Lotus has a, um, the guy's uh, the guy's son is autistic and plays a really beautiful autistic human uh, mm. who's very self-aware and uh, from his point of view, the rest of the world does some really crazy things and he's just like, yeah, normal neurologically typical people do what they do, I guess. Right. So it kind of flips the script a little bit from his point of view and it's really lovely to see. but to see that societal growth i think mm, yeah. you know sheldon cooper was very very important in being it's that it's kind of like um,
0: right when the the, the way that uh, lgbtq people have been portrayed in in film and tv has changed over the years yeah. you used to have more stereotypical stereotype characters of what what they thought a gay yeah. person was versus to be now do
2: do miss i do miss the feathers and sequence though
0: i do too yeah uh,
2: absolutely but you're right yeah, it's, it just it's it takes time. so much.
1: It, it takes time. You got to have the right writer who's able to use a different right. aspect. So let's, let's back, back up a second.
2: Yes, it takes time <clears throat> for neurologically typical people. Right, it takes what time for neurologically typical people? So mm. autistic people, I find if you provide them with data <clears throat> and information, they normally. Most of the time, they're either they're pretty good at going, oh, okay, cool. So yeah. That's how it is. Yeah, or I have a sensory issue with that, and I just don't like it.
0: I think there's less of also an emotional cool. attachment to the the idea or the thoughts. Like if I if I realize that I'm wrong, or if I have new information, like I'm not gonna fight reality. It's like mm-hmm. okay, like I have new no, I don't have usually don't have that much emotional investment in whatever the right, right. yeah, totally. It's just like pronouns. Yeah. If you tell
2: me you're you're they, great. I don't give a shit. Right. Does that make you feel seen? Does it make you feel loved? Does it make you feel included? Does it make you feel happy? Does it give you all those positive emotions? Yep, definitely. I'll call you a grasshopper if that's what that does. Right. You know, I and and that's not discounting anyone's gender or identity. Mm -hmm. It's just I want to call you whatever makes you feel
0: like your authentic self. Actually, I think uh, you mentioned it earlier. We should just replace everyone's pronouns with the Australian pronoun, which is "cunt." <laughs> yep,
2: I agree. Everyone's I agree. new
0: pronoun is "cunt." That's yep. What and look, a lot of Americans
2: <laughs> really struggle when they come to certain parts of Australia, and they'll see us greet each other and we get "I cunt." <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'd
1: fit in in Australia, Steve. We would fit in. Uh, I reckon you would.
0: Yeah. About autistic representation, I just wanted to mention this real quick because we, we had a gentleman on recently who is uh, a, uh, the CTO of a company called Mentra, which is a, a newer company here that uh, specializes in finding jobs for neurodivergent people. So uh-huh. they help people who are autistic, who have ADHD. Um, I think they said Tourette's. Too. Yeah, all the neurodivergent yeah, love. And help them find jobs. So it's like an Indeed for... Yeah. Um. But he mentioned not, he doesn't have Tourette's; he's just Australian. <laughs> <laughs> he mentioned uh a, something to us about that we hadn't really seen. But when, when we talk about autistic characters, we usually talk about people that are more like us in shows or the Rain Man type of character. Um, but we watched Loop, yeah, which was on yeah. Disney Plus. It's a short; oh, yeah. it's like 50, was it was fifteen minutes long. Yeah, best. fifteen minutes long. It's a cartoon, but it's about a nonverbal autistic person. Oh, it's wow. a girl, actually. it's yeah. a...
1: Uh, low, lower function, nonverbal, um, kind of grunts, but, um, what, what, what ethnicity? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. She was a
0: woman of color. Yes. Like, or, she was a woman it was a girl, color. But it, it was a different representation that you don't normally right. see is what the point was. Right. And it also a different type, like a, a different level of autism. She yes. would be like a level, level three. three.
1: Yeah. She would probably be a level two, level so, three.
0: Cause you don't see that. You don't yeah, see yeah, that yeah. type of autism represented. Yeah
2: uh actually that was yeah that was produced by pixar animation yeah uh, that's right. um right. released and that's rel- relatively new yes
0: uh 13 year old yeah that's actually really interesting yeah it, she it, communicates by um she has an app on her phone that right she, she, she presses, she presses a music. button that yep. makes a sound and she communicates uh tries to communicate using her right her Sound from your yeah. phone.
1: It's actually really so good when- to see people like that represented in any level of media. Because look, I have one of my, I have four children. Two of those children are on the spectrum, different parts, and one of them like still verbal. Is it a different father. Yeah, 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 different than me. Uh, two of them are different father. Uh, two of them are biologically mine. Right. Uh, and the the two autists, uh, one is mine biologically, and the other one I've adopted. Um okay. And. The, the one that I'm speaking about, she's verbal, but it's more of a lot of scripting, right? A lot of echolalia, yeah. a lot of scripting. Um, but so to see somebody who is very much, you know, on their screen that stims more than anything else kind of behaviors, it's good to see that representation because either people think autism looks like us, you know, white males predominantly, or they only really see the, aspie level one higher function whatever you want to call it version of it they don't see people like my daughter they also tried to
0: represent what the world looked like from her perspective yes that was the cool part oh that's the bit i love
2: yeah Um, i find it really interesting that autistic people Mm -hmm. um struggle with uh social interaction will Particularly nuanced. Like i struggle with long-term relationships of any sort mm-hmm. yeah, um so. yeah we're I mean, right there with you, man. Man. yeah um really good at arm's length stuff got that worked out anything more than that bit of a challenge mm-hmm.
0: um in fact if, you, if I we think- become any more friendly we might have to end the call because <laughs> it's getting too much for me right now
2: yeah even you're in the states and that's too close that's right <laughs> i love it i love it um but I I love the fact that just because someone is nonverbal mm-hmm. doesn't mean they have less to offer. That's right. That's exactly right. And uh, I love that concept. And I yeah. think when I, I – so I get uh, – I, I do quite a bit of corporate speaking mm-hmm. um, and keynote presentations for corporates, and they go, oh, let's get the autistic guy in. He'll talk about, like, autism shit. <laughs> uh And then we'll all feel good because we've learned a bit about autism stuff. Right. And then I end up going in there talking about, you know, how can we help make an inclusive workplace for autistic people? And then I thought lead them through to the end bit, which is the punchline of if we're actually not a dick to all of our staff, all of these things can make a better workplace for everyone. Yeah. Crazy idea. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. You know, instead of trying to find a way to fit a certain person in, how about we just treat everybody well? Let everybody fit in. (laughs) Yeah. Let everybody be who they are and be productive their way.
0: I think a lot of companies and and higher ups assume they know a lot more than they actually do. Oh, yeah. They'll just make assumptions about people based on a small amount of information. And if you're autistic and you have certain. I, I worked at a company before where. Uh, what was it? They said I was, I don't know. They, they called me MR. They said yeah. I was, uh, unhinged at one point. They, mm-hmm. they, 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 these were all things that were said, uh, sometimes to my face or behind my back, but they made all these comments. I think most of them are in
1: my bio. Yeah. yeah. I, I think all three of us had been, probably been described by employers. Homo habilis was my way.
0: favorite. I was called a Homo habilis yep. or habilis, whatever you call that. Yep.
1: I was once called yeah. a sociopath cause somebody was upset with me and yelling at me and I didn't really react to it. I mean, them yeah, being angry has nothing to do with me. Like I don't being know called why I'm
0: subhuman, to it. That's, that's
2: yeah. subhuman. Yeah, subhuman. Yeah, yeah. And my my favorite thing is, in the scheme of the universe, why are you getting so disproportionately angry about an easily fixable problem? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, if we can fix
1: it like that, what the hell are we yelling about?
0: Maybe we yeah. could just
1: fix the problem.
0: Right. I don't they're, want you to be
2: angry. They're How mad because, because we're angry?
0: better than them. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true, but we don't want them to know that. <laughs> so it's not my fault we're smarter than you. It's the next it's step of evolution. That's right. That's what I t- try to tell him. Wow. Wow. We got bigger brains.
1: I'm just going to go with we're all a little bit different. We all contribute to
2: the so, world together. Totally. Yep. And it's not about being better or worse. I'll say that right. flippantly, of course. Of course. Um, but when I talk about the... uh inclusive workplaces mm-hmm. and providing everybody with the needs that they, you know, some people have got kids, so they might prefer to work different times or work from home or do have different accommodations. Right. Um autistic people may wish to work in a dark room or mm-hmm. have noise cancelling headphones on or do whatever. Like it's it's up to the individual. But here's the thing. <laughs> When we have inclusive workplaces where everybody is, uh, has you know, their requirements to be the best that they can be met, they, each individual has a greater capacity for kindness. Yes. So when we have a greater capacity for kindness, it's much easier to accept people. It's much easier to deal with problems that come up because you're not already in that heightened or acute stress right. state. You have That's capacity right. for kindness. Right. And I think too much of our world in well, our late-stage capitalist world is about how can I suck as much as I can from people, which is actually the uh, theoretically the concept of I'll just keep taking more to get better value. I understand the logic of that. However, past the point of diminishing return, you actually get less. Right.
0: By extracting more. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, this is this is funny. I don't remember where I heard this from, but uh, one of the reasons why they, in America at least, they instituted smoke breaks was because they found that when people took a smoke break, when they came back, they worked better. They worked harder. They worked more efficiently when they were taking breaks. So uh, they had an, you know, uh, capitalist incentive to uh, to let people take breaks because they found people were working harder after they took a break.
2: So this this is where I think uh, again another nail in the right wing coffin about hating people as opposed to being effective. So the casino industry has actually done the research on this so one hour twenty is the or about an hour twenty is the maximum time that a dealer can accurately focus on everything that's happening on a table before they start getting fatigued and making mistakes. Oh, wow. That's why they change them out roughly every hour or so. Oh, yep. wow. So every hour 20 is the maximum. And then in order for you to come back to be ready to go again, <laughs> 20 minutes. So when you look at casinos, normally the maximum, sp- maximum they call it a swing. So the maximum swing is an hour 20, and then you'll have a 20 minutes off, and then you'll come back for an hour 20, 20 minutes off, and then it'll also be a different table that you come back to every time so that you can feel fresher and more alert. Right. Because if you make a mistake as a dealer, that's super expensive. Oh, yeah. So there's incentives to do that. So as a dealer, you'll get um, heaps of little breaks uh through your shift as opposed to you know big breaks or bigger breaks so when we look at other employers that go no i want you to sit there for 8 hours and do this and you're not getting breaks and you're not getting this because i'm extracting great value out of you um yeah you're getting great time right but you're not getting productivity and you're also indirect indirectly Increasing the number of sick days needed, also indirectly increasing staff turnover, also indirectly increasing all of these other long term things. So it's about, I think it's about having a bigger picture. And when we talk about dealing with autistic people, it's the same as dealing with everybody. You know, you provide them with the accommodations you need as a human to, you know, extract the best out of someone is to do it kindly. Right. You know, as opposed to our, uh, Western model of fear-based hierarchical, what you know, employment. Oh yeah, it's not about hierarchy; it's about productivity. And it's not about politics; it's about productivity. Right. And it's about how how can I how can I contribute to whatever I'm doing. Hmm. I, I agree In- completely. I agree completely.
0: Yeah. Anyway, Ooh. that's
1: my two cents. No, that's awesome. <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm having a horrible time not being able to choke on myself.
0: <laughs> I think uh allergies are bad right now. Oh yeah. Over here.
2: Uh yeah. Uh what season are you guys in again? You're in uh we just started into summer. Right. So we uh, I got told yesterday because I, I was sitting on the uh, this is the other thing. I have an inability to self-assess a lot of times. Mm. So I was sitting on the couch watching TV and it was a really interesting uh one of those shows about what was it was about um uh the engineering behind fighter jets or something. Oh, and I went, yeah. oh, that's really interesting. I watched that. Uh and then after the show, I got up and I was sh- I was shivering. I was freezing because it turns out it was like, you know, uh fuck, where's my thing again? Oh, you- it was. It was uh, cold. I'm assuming it was below it was 50 degrees. Yeah, it was just about to say 50. And below. I was and I was in a t-shirt and I'm like, ah, terrible, terrible. Yep. Um, so the inability to self-assess thing is like totally real. And I can't remember why I started the story because I had to, um, convert to Fahrenheit. Um, we said it was allergy season. You asked what season we were in. Um, and with that, I realized I had only just woken up and realized that then we're in winter, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, it's the same for you guys. The change of seasons, I find really challenging because you go, Oh, okay. So now I've got different rules.
1: Right, because I've got to – so I actually have this, and and excuse me for a moment, but when we change seasons from whether it's winter to summer, summer to winter, I always have a hard time remembering that I have to switch out certain clothes. Right, Like, Greg, like I, even my uh, – so in the summertime, I wear shorts to go to bed in, and in the wintertime, I have these black almost like sweatpants, right? But like yesterday morning, I woke up with the black pants on, and my partner goes – you know, it's summer now. you got to put those away. And I was like, when When did summer start? And she goes, well, it's starting right now. Oh. I mean, I can remember years ago, I would go all yep. the way through the summer going, why am I so hot while still wearing those pants? I just pants.
0: wear pants year-round. Solves
1: that problem. Well, there you go. Jeans well, year-round for me. I mean, that's kind of the thing I'm pointing out, is it's like, cool. I'm just yeah. going to keep wearing those same pants <laughs> until I realize, right? Until mm. it occurs to me. There's no real thought other than, those are the ones I wear to bed. I'm going to put them on for bed,
2: and just keep doing it. Yeah, I I, I'm, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, and I, I normally just wear jeans all year round because mm. uh, most of the time when I go outside it's for work. So oh, okay. And I jeans are appropriate for stage work
1: mm-hmm.
2: all year round. I would very. I would never. Uh, as part of my brand, I would never wear shorts on stage. Unless right. it was part of a character or I was dressing up as something. Uh, but outside, um, I have two very clear wardrobes to make that same problem mm-hmm. sort of smaller. Is I have work wardrobe and then I have a not-work wardrobe. Very, very different. Yes. And not-work work, not work wardrobe is full of cotton t-shirts with no seams that are really comfortable and sensory-friendly. Um, I have some shorts and um, some jeans, comfy pants, all sorts of stuff like that because it's not about looking good. It's about being comfy.
1: Right. When it's, when it's your private life, Functional. it's about being comfortable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with you. And then work gear, it's like I'm putting my armor on to go out to work. So mm-hmm. that helps me get into my pigeon hole and off you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: because for work, I generally just well, what I'm wearing today is generally a work outfit with a polo Uh yeah. and dress pants. I had a uh, I had a baptism to go to today. Ah, yeah. Uh, my now nephew, I guess. Yeah. Nephew. Yeah. 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 yeah so cool. I had to put on had to put on a decent shirt and I was told, go ahead, wear a polo. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, generally I um, like to wear. Look, in my private life, though, I like to wear cargo pants
2: and uh, Hawaiian shirts. Ah, you're at the age of cargo pants. I love Functional. it. Functional, uh huh. And if they and if they add the word tactical, I'm in. Yes, yes, exactly. Tactical cargo pants.
1: <laughs> yep. You know, if they put that I've word got on somewhere to put my jelly
2: beans, that,
1: yeah. it's because you've uh, got so many pockets. It's perfect that so way. So many pockets, right? So good. Oh, I never going to. Have the you jumped on pants? the? Eat- nope. What?
2: Have you jumped on the EDC bandwagon? E- what What's EDC? EDC is the acronym for everyday carry. Oh, yes. Oh, Your little kit of stuff that you carry uh-huh. everywhere to be a useful human. Right. Oh,
1: no. I have one in my car. I always have one. I uh, since, since the day I moved out of my parents' house when I was like 18, 19 years old, the first time I did it, I immediately have something always in my car in a pouch, and it's kind of my everyday, here's what I'm going to need stuff. Yeah. I don't yeah. do that either. You, okay. So you're not one of us. No Got cargo
0: it. pants and no EDCs. Yeah.
1: You're also young. Who are you? Right?
0: I don't yeah. Know. Like, come on, man. I think I'm gonna have so to what's take your, your thing, autism then? card back.
2: Mm. What?
0: So what's your thing then? What what's the what's your equivalent? Um, I don't know. I mean I, I have I have a specific space that I put everything. Right. Like I just. So do I. So I don't worry about it because I always know where everything is. I have a spot for things, and I don't like when people move it. Right? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think all of us have that too. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm very I'm I'm envious that you know where everything is. Oh, it's I only know where it is because I put them in the same spot. Because yeah. I used to have that problem when I was younger. I used to lose everything constantly, and then uh, it was actually my stepdad got me in the habit of. Putting stuff in the same spot every day.
2: Mm -hmm. So I lose things if I don't have homes.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, everything has a place and everything in its place. Come on, guys. So I'm I'm just I trained
0: myself to always put stuff in the same spot. Right. So that's why I don't lose things now. Apparently I've
1: been doing it since I was a kid. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like that's one of those things that just kind of came to me, right? I just always make sure something has a place and I always put it there.
2: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, almost obsessive. I'm still working uh for key for key things I'm good mm-hmm. like that but for a range of other stuff because my world changes quite a bit I'm like ah uh, not so good it's like car keys house keys that they have a spot that they live shoes have a spot where they live work right. wardrobe has a spot where it lives mm-hmm. um other stuff not so not so strong in that
1: Well, I, I kind of have to, and even if it looks disorganized and messed up to other people, it doesn't matter. As long as it works for you. Yes. I have the organization in my head. It may look like it's, you know, just a (laughs) pile of crap. No, but I know what's there. I know what's in that pile. I put it
2: there. Yeah.
1: I I get real "Mm," on
2: things about that. Yeah. No, I get that totally totally so that's been quite a chat it has been and i have enjoyed it
1: we're uh, we're a little over two hours now okay so uh so i don't necessarily want to take too much more ben's time uh ben you're a rather fun guy to talk to i gotta tell you fun guy to talk to i
2: I liked it um i'm happy to come back and do this again oh yeah i would enjoy that very much so yeah we can talk about the um yeah how to fix society as a whole
0: meeting of the minds so we're gonna start our own country yes
2: yes actually we'll
0: just kick everybody off of tasmania that seems like a nice place (laughs) take over the island and it is
2: it's a beautiful place and it should be quite easy because there's only half a million
0: people there oh that's that's easy yeah we can overpower them yeah Yeah, you you know
2: what we'll we'll do a um um we, we could do a american um bus tour over there and that'd knock off a few
0: more just take your school shooters yeah, that's exactly that's right. right. We have, yeah. um, so Australia got it close enough, but we're going right. to call it Austis Australia. Yeah. Autistic Oh, I Australia. like that. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. as it's it's,
2: it's funny you mentioned Tasmania and then I made the flippant joke about um, school shooters knock people out, which was a reference to your earlier joke mm-hmm. because the only mass shooting that we've had in Australia was actually in Tasmania. Really. Oh, didn't they uh, have a gun buyback oh, program port in Australia? Massacre.
0: Yeah. What's that? Wasn't there a gun buyback pro program in Australia?
2: Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Uh so we had the Port Arthur massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of that, the government went, Yeah, guns. And we all went, uh, yeah, that was pretty bad. Let's hand them back. So we had a um a gun amnesty and everyone just handed in their guns. Yeah, and Actually, there's video of <laughs> what, and we crushed. There was, there's videos and there was news stories about us uh, crushing all of these guns. And right. here's a, here's a, this will just blow your mind. Do you know how much gun violence we have in Australia? I, I'm I'm assuming very little, hardly any. Oh, hardly well, any. Awesome. And only the bad people will have guns. Right. But do you know how many bad people there are? I was about to say there's probably a much lower amount of major crime. Very, very little. Yeah. You know, not everyone's got the means to access or find a gun. And whether you have guns or not, those people have guns anyway. Mm -hmm. But uh, we have no accidental gun deaths. Kids don't get shot. No school shootings. A lot of those problems we don't have right Because uh, awesome. we just handed back our guns don't yeah. them yeah, yeah. The, and, and
1: is there like for australian people is there any fear that the government will become tyrannical and try to oppress everybody no okay because I, mean, I think the americans that fear that shit thing. regularly for some god awful reason shit sounds like an
0: NRA conspiracy Going to say we yeah. should take those video clips of you guys crushing up guns and just like strap Ted Nugent to a chair and make him watch it on repeat. It'd be like uh like a clockwork orange when they're torturing him in uh, the, the cinema. Yeah. And just- <laughs> yeah. But oh. I also
2: think that's a bit of an a bit of an American thing, um, to find the thing that's uh so guns are a problem. Mm-hmm. So how do we fix it? More guns. Right. That's that's what we always say. Oh,
0: but then it's still a problem, the same way we solve do the screen that's a problem harder. Right. Right. What was that? I said it's the same way we solved the AIDS crisis. <laughs> wow. <That's> true. <laughs> true. Yeah. Right. Wow.
2: Yeah, so, but but you know what? It's 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 a uh, it's an, if it, look, it has to be an extreme problem for mm. more guns to work because you right. just end up shooting each other, which is right. how the rest of the world sees mainstream America. I remember going to America. This is uh, pre the orange fella. Um, And I was in Santa Monica and I thought, oh, I'll I'll get the bus. And then I got on the bus and I had the the loveliest bus driver. And this was um, sort of later at night. The loveliest bus driver who just looked at me and went, dude, you're going to sit right behind me. And I'm going to drive you to your hotel. And don't make eye contact with anyone. And then I was sitting on the bus, and oh, isn't he nice doing that? Then I looked down and I saw bullet holes in the side of the bus, and I've gone, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you you would think more of us would be far more scared of things than we are. Well, it's
2: we, because we normalize it. Yeah, that's kind of the um, Yeah, and uh, I do a lot of the supernovas and comic cons over here as a mm-hmm. host, and. We get Americans come out here and go, and you guys don't have any guns right. at all. And you guys seem pretty happy. And I watched the news and nobody died. Yeah. How, does, how, how do you run a country when nobody dies? Like, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah. that so Because it's so ingrained in us, especially at this point, that we have mm. to see something violent on the news. Because that's
2: normal. But not for yeah. most of the rest of the world. Is your is your government suppressing all the people that died? No. Which no. is why it's not on the news? No, no, like, no, no. What's wrong?
1: Like, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind oh, of the idea. It. Like,
2: yeah.
1: how, how do you guys not have an 80-car pileup because somebody was blocking the road? How do you guys not have it? Oh, you mean you didn't have a lot of traffic, but people weren't shitty in traffic either?
2: What? Yeah. 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 We have to um, yell and scream at each other rather than shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> So what does Sky, is, what
0: does Sky News talk about? Oh, oh
2: God, what the fuck
0: is Sky like. News? Sky News is John, like a right wing. Oh, uh, it's the equivalent of your Fox. Yeah. Oh, okay. How do yeah. you
2: know all
1: of
0: this? Because I, I'm, I like to read about stuff, and I, I no, 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 I've no. seen video clips from Sky News, but I, you I've, like fiction? How <laughs> did you
1: specifically
0: find as much Australian? I actually, I didn't look have. this up because of Ben. I just know because oh, wow. I've, I pay attention to politics and other countries sometimes okay. for a second there so, was, yeah. i thought you were going to admit
2: to doing that last night sky news is the worst uh basically murdoch is the worst place to get any news at all okay um, to the point where sky news is registered as an entertainment outlet not a news well, outlet are
1: you and you're bringing oh. it
0: up with wrestle's feathers that's why
1: yeah up. you really did it on purpose didn't you um
2: uh, yeah.
0: But is there anything that you wanted to to uh to pitch before you go? Like is there anything you want people to... Um, I'll, I'll make sure I put some information about you in look, the description, yeah. but
2: if you um if you love this sort of white knuckle crazy thrill ride, uh you can follow me on socials. That's a whole that's a big thing. Uh it's all Ben Sorensen one because some other fucker took Ben Sorensen. Son of a bitch. Uh, that cunt. Yeah. He's he's actually a um uh, I think he's a ex ex Marine minister who's um, uh, in office in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, oh, which is most unfortunate because we have views that don't always align. But uh, and we are confusing. And weirdly, we have spoken because I get tagged in a lot of stuff that he should be tagged in, and vice versa. And he's going, "I'm not." Australian comedian and then I get tagged in stuff and I go yeah yeah good for you whatever <laughs> uh probably wrong Ben Sorensen don't take my opinion yeah. uh That's yes, awesome. but not so so, yeah, follow so you on bigger, socials. Ben Sorensen won yep Ben Sorensen won okay uh but other than that that'll keep everyone up to date with what's happening right. nice nice
1: if you ever make your way to the boston area of massachusetts on the east coast of uh, the united states somewhere in the northern hemisphere please reach out to us let's hang
2: out i would absolutely love that and i would love to uh tour the states but uh last fun. last time i went it was for i was a guest of uh the cma oh. so i did I did Nashville, I mm-hmm. uh, did Memphis, uh, and then I spent a little bit of time in LA, yeah, um, which was lovely. Apart from the roads, and uh, yeah, so next time I go, I want to sort of explore more.
0: We can do a cultural exchange. You can bring something that's uniquely Australian, like a bottle of Vegemite or some kangaroo meat, wow. and we'll bring you a KKK wow. member along with wow. us. Just uniquely American. I love that. I love that. <laughs> wow, um, my. Yeah, he if "You what? give me food, I'll give you racism." <laughs> yeah. What? No, I didn't say racism is uniquely American. I just said oh, the KKK. Oh. KKK. Yeah. I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't think they had uh, that, that a-
0: anywhere else. Although
2: I saw a meme the other day saying, uh, in the in the 1930s, uh, there was all these people from America that went over to fight the Nazis and then came back to be members of the KKK. And I'm that's like, true. that's not really a joke. That's that's kind of what happened. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Often I wonder about the thread count and is it Egyptian? Mm-hmm. What? Uh, our thread uh, count? The, no, no, no. For the KKK. Uniform oh, program. yeah. What's the, you- what's, the, what's the thread count? And is it? And it would be funny if it was Egyptian because they're not uh-huh. white. It would be super funny if they were like, oh, it's an 800 Egyptian thread count.
0: Isn't it so nice and soft? Yeah. I think they should have. You should have to wear wool hoods uh-huh. in the middle of July uh-huh. when it's 110 degrees out. Uh huh. You know what I actually think? Uh, one, the only th- the only thing that they need to do, I think
2: they need to tighten up their membership at the KKK. And in order to get in, you need to have an ancestry DNA test. Oh, I would really, really
0: love to I think watch. They that. used to do that. They well, they used to do like not DNA, but they used to do like genealogical like heritage right. testing in order to yeah. get in you had to be there's like they had the yeah, they had, like family searches yeah. and shit like one, yeah. like you couldn't even be one percent um yeah well, anyway, on that lovely same. note <laughs> it would well, be, well, i just i think that'd shrink their
2: numbers quite oh, nicely yeah. i would really, really also, love that
0: and also we yeah. have the dna
1: Right. I I mean, I would really love to watch somebody just be like, look, we'll do it for free. But we want to test all your members, you know, because as you say, purity is a good thing. So let's test all of you and just watch like two thirds of them be kicked out because no, they're not like that would be hilarious to me. And let's do that for every hate group on the planet, for any racist hate group on the planet. Yep. You know, what? we'll let you be racist, but we need to make sure that you are what you say you are.
2: And I think uh, that that would fix a lot of the problem, or that would certainly shrink the problem. Oh yeah, shrink it massively. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, uh, yeah. How, well? Yeah, and Americans are very good at hanging themselves with their own rope. That is a true statement. Yeah, we're for example, that. Uh, uh, Trump possibly going to jail for uh, his own under his own law mm-hmm. uh, that was designed to catch Hillary but caught him. That's funny, yeah. I yeah. like that, yeah, you know and some some of the states with their um anti Obamacare mhm laws that actually prevent them from uh blocking abortions like I find that that fascinating, I love it, oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, and because people are really, really good at making a stand but not really following through on that,
2: and then they get yeah. screwed over by the stand they just put in place, yeah. And also a lot of the stands they take are uh, ill-informed. Oh, al- almost always, like 99% of the time. Yep. It's it's a motive rage rather than information. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, there you go.
1: So. All right. Anyway, Ben, we would love to have you on some other time, but we do have to wrap up for now. Thank you very much, totally. sir, for coming on. Uh, as always to everybody, when we end the show, we always say, If you like something, give us a comment. If you dislike something, give us a comment. If you think uh, Steve bringing up Hitler was not a good idea, leave a comment. Do a comment about anything. Tell us if we're good, bad, indifferent, whatever it is. And as always, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.